The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. What's up, everybody? Here with Get In Loser, we're starting a podcast. Episode 14, baby, we made it. And we're going, baby. <laughs> Got a special guest here today. Um, just met this guy not too long ago, but he made an impression on me. So um, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, let the people know who you are. Okay. I'm uh, Adam Rumpf. Uh, me and uh, Mike met. Uh, I actually sold him his car. Yes, sir. And, uh, oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, um, Adam, did, did Mike head shed down tier with his new car? Yeah, he cried like a little girl. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I mean, how could you not be that excited to get a Volkswagen? The best cars on the planet. Yeah. V-dub, baby. That's true. Yeah. That, would, that, would, that would be a very touchy subject for another day, I feel. <laughs> you would have a lot of people arguing with you about that. Yeah, yeah, we get used to it. But, like, Volkswagen people kind of find each other, though. Like, it's kind of a weird thing. Like, mm-hmm. It's kind of a, a, a more of a culture. Like, some people just get hooked on them. They're That's beautiful. Me. Yeah. They're fucking beautiful. Shit, everyone I met that owned one is pretty cool. I mean, shit. But um, it's, it's pretty interesting that we got you on here today because this month, you know, marks the 20-year anniversary of uh, 9-11. And uh, I'll let you, uh, you know, explain what you used to do and, you know, what you did, things like that. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I was uh, part of the Marine Corps uh, Reserves of the infantrymen. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people don't realize that there's a uh, infantry, uh, uh, a group of infantrymen in uh, Buffalo, actually a reserve unit. I was a member of that unit from uh, uh, 06 to 12, actually. And uh, so then I was in uh, Afghanistan in, uh, let's see, August of 10 to about uh, March of 11. Mm-hmm. So uh, after that experience, I then uh, my coping mechanism was to just, just kind of learn everything I could about it, yeah. talk about it, understand it, learn the history. And uh, I've always been like a military history guy, too. So okay, it made cool. a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, with everything going on. I'm sure a lot of people have some questions on Afghanistan, want to gain an understanding, and I'd, I'd love to be able to help people do that, you know. But that, that being said, I'm not, like, an expert. I'm just yeah. pretty knowledgeable and experienced on it. Right. Well, um, I, uh, my bad, my helmet. You're good. You're good. I uh, I just want to put something in perspective real quick. When you joined up, I had just started my freshman high year in high school. So <laughs> let's put that in perspective for you. That's, That's pretty wild. Yeah, and uh, let's see, I was, uh, when 9-11 happened, I was a, I guess, a sophomore in high school. Holy yeah. shit. Oh, wow. I was in yeah. elementary school. <laughs> Man, yeah. I was in eighth grade. Shut I, up, Drew. Nobody cares. No, that, that day right there was probably the best. Not, not the best. Let me rephrase it. <laughs> it was the best because. No. because you're going to you get us student, canceled. No, no, because if you're a student, you, I forgot to do my bath homework. The, like the whole day. Oh, we're not going to do no. We're just going to watch TV. Ah, oh, good. I'm just going to finish my bath homework real quick. Yep. 
This I, man, Drew. Oh didn't God, they send us God. home early? I think we went home early. No, we didn't. My mom no? came and picked me up, dude. As soon as we found out, my mom was at the school, picked me up, and took me home. Well, Drew, you didn't live here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Oh, you lived here? Yeah, he in lived in 2001? Right yeah, I was, yeah, I was in Little Middle. Oh, well, I lived in all the way in Indiana, and they sent us home. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, no yeah. lie. I got in trouble by my grandma because as, as soon as I got home from school, I, I went and played with my friend Noel. And I was like, we're going to war! We're going to war! And it's like, then the, my grandma's like, you got to come back in the house, you're making a scene! And then all, throughout the whole day, you just see cop cars just flying around the neighborhood. Oh, no shit. Really? It was a hectic, that was a hectic day. It was, it was a very hectic fucking day. Um... But I have a few questions for you, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, what are, like, certain things that an average non-military American doesn't, you know, know about war? Just, like, um, I would say not everything, but, like, cultural-wise, uh, how they interact with people on a day-to-day, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get you. Um so, unfortunately, what most people know about war is just, like, what they see in Hollywood, yeah. right? And that is an account of a maybe point zero zero one percent of people's experiences in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I was in, um, which probably statistically is one of the most dangerous parts of the world um, you could ever be in, as an infantry marine. Um, and But my experiences were nowhere near you, what you would expect on Hollywood. They were not shoot them up crazy things it was actually 99.8 percent of your time you're bored and tired and hungry yeah. and probably really pissed off a lot <laughs> wow. of the times you know oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. yeah so in uh, a very small percentage is uh anything uh that would be like excitement really you know or what we would call like in the military world like kinetic is kind of a term you use for when things get like violent or aggressive uh, kinetic yeah that's actually very interesting to hear because like you said most people only get their knowledge from movies, and movies had always taught me that that shit was wild over there. So to hear that some, most of the time you guys were just bored, it's very eye-opening to hear. Right. Yeah, and that's part of the problem, too, because uh, you're bored, so then you become vulnerable. You become yeah. complacent. Uh, old mm. saying, complacency yeah. kills. Okay. Um, and people don't realize that the amount of interaction you really had, uh, particularly because what I was doing, I did like a security detail for mm-hmm. the uh, local governor in southern Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was interacting with the local population on a day-to-day basis every single day, uh, whether it be interpreters, kids, anything like that. Um, and the whole time, like... You think you're actually there at war, but in reality, you're a representative of America. And right. it's really more so what I did was represent America, yeah. um, actually, when it comes down to it more than anything. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, that's good then. Because huh? I feel like a lot of those dudes that were over there on our side probably weren't being assholes to everyone. Uh. Yeah, it depends really where you're at and what you were doing. For the most part, most mm-hmm. people weren't. Every group you get, you have uh, your bad apples, uh, definitely, so yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and things that you would construe as being like uh, an asshole to kids here is not being an asshole yeah. there. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, like, you know, when kids are on the side of the road and throwing rocks at you every single day and the driver of your vehicle kind of fake swerves at them and they run away. <laughs> oh, yeah. You do that in North Tonawanda, you're kind of a douchebag. Right. You know, yeah, right. and I mean, you do it in Southern <laughs> Afghanistan, everyone gets a chuckle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but as far as people actually being dickheads, um, 
you didn't see it actually as much as you thought. There was, you know, some like in talk amongst people that was just stupid and ignorant. But uh, I didn't really witness people being dicks to like local Afghans on a regular mm. basis on any level. Well, I know. I mean, you mentioned how like you get bored and stuff like that. So like, I know like a lot of things have to do with the mental aspect, like of you not being you know home state or home like dirt and land so you don't know a fucking damn thing about it and just like every day like did you ever think about like a random pull up like somebody just like a group randomly pulling up on you at any given time every every day uh you're always that's always on your mind um Mm -hmm. but like the best analogy that like I want I like to make is like you know I'm sure everybody probably played some sort of sport in their life at some time mm-hmm. you know but like if you spent four years we'll use hockey as an example training to play hockey but you never play a game like after four years of training and you go play your first hockey game like you're gonna be afraid or you're gonna be scared <laughs> like you're right. ready for that like obviously fear is there but it's not your main motivating factor because you've been working towards this you've been getting ready now some of the guys i was lucky because i was in for about three and a half years before i went over so i did mm-hmm. have a lot more training and experience some guys weren't you know some guys were like 19 fresh out of oh, boot camp geez. going over there and i'm sure oh, it was fuck. shit I, in yeah. Their boots yeah. yeah those are the guys i feel for uh i was uh, shit i'm bad at math but we're like 23 probably we'll say when i was over there mm-hmm. that sounds about right 23 24 so i had a little more world experience you know and a right. little more humility at the time so it allowed me to manage Jesus. it mentally a lot better right and uh yeah especially like i worked the gate a lot you know that sucks but like honestly oh, kind of gets to the point where like uh it's kind of feel you're like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah 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 oh man what what adam you were uh, mp uh, no, so I did what was called a personal security detail. Um, so there was a area, I can actually be pretty specific, um, an area known as Marja in mm-hmm. southern uh, Helmand, which the, the history of is extremely unique, actually. Um, America's been involved in there since 1945, actually. People Damn. don't realize Damn. that. Um, I was there, and uh, my platoon got pulled separate of the rest of our company just to do a personal security detail for the Marja district governor. Um, Oh, shit. Yeah, so the actual governor of the place we were protecting the whole time. And it was, it was, what uh, what I was surrounded by was a war zone. Oh, my God. But since what I was doing was a much more unique, you know, much more specific, I like to... Uh, describe it as I, I witnessed a lot of combat. Uh, not I wasn't involved in right. it. I wasn't shooting people gung ho. Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy. Uh, but you know, it's pretty steady combat in my close vicinity. And that's why I feel like a lot of people get a false, like a false image of like because there's a lot of jobs out over there. I, I don't feel like it's just you get a rifle and you go fucking. Like, there's engineers and shit like that, and they're, like, little little jobs I never knew of in the military that you can definitely yeah. get instead of going straight infantry. Yeah, I wish I knew that, actually, before I went in. There's some pretty dope jobs out there that I now know about that you can do that are super cool. That Like um, here and overseas, right? Yeah, exactly, dude. Yep. Like, there's a—you um, know, I met a gentleman the other day that— um, he flies drones like mm-hmm. from Niagara Falls. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, huh? you know, there's a lot of stuff like that that people don't realize. And there's wow. uh there's special forces weatherman is one of the coolest jobs. You join the what? Air Force and get special forces training and get like attached to a Navy SEAL. And like, hey, it's gonna rain tomorrow. You're like, no, oh, you're shit. good guys. 
You know, <laughs> like, wow, right? Okay. Why be a Navy SEAL? You could be a weatherman in the Air Force, Fuck dude. Yeah, right? dude, why not? <laughs> yeah, Ron Burgundy. Hell yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of neat jobs like that people don't know. You know wow. It's pretty cool. I heard they also get the civilian contractors over there, too. Yeah, uh, civilian contracting, um, it changed while I was there, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was there, it was a different pay scale. And you could actually make a, a pretty good mo- amount of money, like $500 a day. Uh, and I'd actually talked to some people about possibly doing it while I was there, but they put them on a government pay scale. So it mm. literally cut their pay by like a third. So all the people I was even talking to were like gone and hightailed yeah. it out. But uh, there's still actually a lot of security contractors that are there right now. Um, you know, imagine if you're in a situation where you got hired by wow. a private company to hold security in Kabul. Um, and then you're evacuating Kabul. This security company could be French. You're an American. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do? Where do your loyalties lie? Do you stay with that company and what your job is? Or, you know, do you follow your president and get, you know, hightail it out of the country like you're supposed to? You know, right. And, uh, mm-hmm. People don't think about those types of things. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes there in Afghanistan uh, that no one realizes. You know, we all talk about Kabul, and it's a uh. real big, big country. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, was Afghanistan mostly desert or that had a lot of greenlands so uh afghanistan is almost entirely mountains very uh uh, the closest we have here similar to afghan territory would be rocky mountains but actually much more severe much taller holy shit what um i was in a very odd area of afghanistan the southern part known as helmand uh, valley it's uh i don't know the name of the larger desert but there's a desert down at the bottom of the Mm -hmm. southern part of uh, afghanistan that's exactly where i was and wow uh, the area i was in actually was uh irrigated by uh americans uh starting in 19 45 so like where i actually was uh, the vast majority of time i was there wouldn't exist if the united states wouldn't have irrigated the area holy, holy shit huh. That's kind of bad. After World War II or during World War II? Uh, right after World War II, we were uh, fearful of the Soviets' influence, so we ended wow. up actually, um, the U.S. aid went out, and they would do things to try to get like people like Afghans on our side so yeah. the Soviets couldn't have influence on them. Wow, that's kind of badass, actually. Yeah, so we, uh, we built a big uh, valley through there. Wow, it didn't work out sick. great for really anyone so i did it sounds <laughs> sick though so this kind of leads to my other question so did you see like a lot of like afghan residents while you were there yeah every like every single day yeah um i never really went into any of their like homes at all we were yeah. really good about not doing that but every single day i was around afghan residents the little compound i was on was right outside of the bazaar and uh, they would come in all the time to get uh, different types of aid or to discuss things with the governor, that type of stuff. Uh, Oh, wow. uh, Yeah. Did, did, like, a lot of those places lack medical, like, aid? (laughs) In that sense, did it? Uh, Excuse me, sorry. You walk around, and, uh, like, the ground will literally be littered with medical supplies. Jesus. Uh, Like, wrappers from medical supplies. A kid came in with, like, a cut the one day. Um, and so like a local doctor, air mm-hmm. quotes, um, more like a glorified pharmacist, put an IV in him and he's like walking around with an IV in him what to get like antibiotics. Um, the lack of medical there is insane. Um, people would like, uh, you know, several instances of like, uh, severe deformities, like broken legs from accidents oh and stuff that never healed properly. Oh. So the medical treatment there is, is terrible. That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got another one. Uh, if a kid give you a gift, do you 
do, do you accept it or you refuse it or you tell them put it down <laughs> on the ground? Uh, on the rare occasion that that happened, we would we would take them. Um, but most of the kids that we like spent time with were the relationship was much opposite, and really the relationship with America and Afghanistan isn't really in that direction mm-hmm. <laughs> altogether. Um, but uh, kids would give us that we knew would give us some small gifts, but they didn't really literally didn't have much to give. Like, right, uh, <laughs> almost yeah. like a yeah. almost like a teddy bear or something. They, no, they don't have teddy bears. Oh, no, that, not very many teddy bears around there. <laughs> dude. No, I was just, uh, yeah. because, because I was thinking about the movies. Because one time the oh yeah, no, a, no. a kid gives a, uh, a toy to this soldier and it winds up blown up in his face. What movie was that? I remember. Uh, I can't. Uh, I think this is one with uh, Jake Donahall. Hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal, you mean? Oh, the Got oh, like the booby head? trap on the ground. Yeah, yeah. all right. Jarhead. That's been in a couple movies actually. Jarhead and then uh, Full Metal Jacket. I think they did the same thing. They had like a stuffed yep. animal on the ground. There was like a booby trap. Yep. No, they didn't do that. Most of like bombs and stuff you'd encounter. Um, Inner city, were, right? No, like I, it was a weird ur- uh, rural area we were in. It was kind of a city, but not really by our standards. Mm. Um, but it was uh, pressure plates in the road would be Oof. very common or cell phone triggered or oh. like up in the trees yes. and stuff. But like, wow. again, okay. because of what I did, huh? we mm. were like high priority. Right. right. So like uh, a lot of the times we weren't encountering those. We would be waiting for someone to clear those out of the way. So for us then to you drive, were... you know what okay. I mean? We right. weren't the guys that they were like, hey, like go clear that village you know right like that wasn't typical on a few occasions we'd do stuff like that when we had to escort people into a village like you know mm. someone important like let me go there and like, well, probably not a good idea but you go anyways oh, <laughs> was there like uh like for the like the company that you're like with was there any for any times where you guys got like pushback from like the citizens around you like where you know they're kind of like iffy about you guys yeah for sure dude yeah. um but usually your first like indication would be the kids throwing rocks at you when you like come into their little area and stuff like that and you'd get cold shoulder from them or more often than not what you would get is like they would all just leave like they knew we were coming and you'd you'd go into like a an area like a bazaar a market it's kind of creepy and uh and then you get there and there's like no one there but there's like that's fucking crazy (laughs) like there's stories like you know there's normally people there um So, like, yeah, you, you did get a little pushback, but not that many people, like, yeah. swearing at your face or telling you to F off. They're they're pretty desperate. Like, they don't have time for ideology out there. Yeah. They're desperate. You know, that's why, that's why Taliban can roll through so easily. Yeah. When you are hungry and starving and don't know where your next meal is, and you're probably on, like, your second husband and you have eight kids mm-hmm. that are running around, like... Where do you? Where's your priority? Where your next meal comes from? Like, right. So trying to get like a sense of nationalism into, into people like that, it, it doesn't happen, you know. So speaking of them, um, with like the current things that are happening right now, mm-hmm. and like how they're they're trying to close everything down from people leaving, um, do you think it's very possible for them to uh, plan another attack? years soon or like in our lifetime uh yeah it's definitely possible um i don't i don't think it's likely we have a lot of much easier targets than something elaborate like september 11th mm-hmm. um, a lot of it is going to depend on like money and funding that taliban can get um so um, not many people are paying close attention to places, you know, like China's meeting with uh, Taliban. Pakistan is oh, Taliban. Um, 
Those are more the concerns. Where are they going to get the money? Mm-hmm. Um, Taliban doesn't really have a whole lot of money right now. And Taliban is not too concerned with attacking the U.S., but uh, through ideologies, thanks to uh, bin Laden, they are supportive of, like, al-Qaeda. Mm. Um, if you look at the old school al-Qaeda, it's, it's almost uh, a branch of the Taliban more than anything that uh, got hooked up with Saudis because of bin Laden. Mm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's wow. super likely. Um, I think it's much more likely that uh, a whole lot of terrible things are going to happen to Af- Afghans and it's not going to be in the news anywhere whatsoever. Yeah. I think that's that's what we're about to see over the see yeah. or not see over the next few months, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I'm hoping the uh, Afghanistan war and the Pakistan don't go back up to war again because you know they've always been at civil war for a long time. Yeah, well, right now there is there's still fighting going on in Afghanistan that people aren't even aware of. Uh, the Tajiks, because um, you have uh, a lot of... Like tribal loyalties, tribal and ethnic loyalties, uh-huh. and uh, Taliban kind of aligned very much with like the Pashtu, uh, which is the majority of the country. Okay. And uh, then you have the Tajiks, uh, which align more with the north uh, east of the country, and uh, they're still they're still fighting with the Taliban every day right now. Jesus. Uh, yes. Now, who was it that who was it that was hiding Osama? Wasn't it? Um... Wasn't you think it was a was it the Taliban? Uh, so that's a very interesting question. So uh, Pakistan, the government of Pakistan has a great relationship with the U.S., whereas mm-hmm. the tribal areas, the border areas of Afghanistan, uh, comparative to the areas I were in, mm-hmm. I was in, uh, aligned very well. They're they're all Pashtuns, uh, they're Islamists. And uh, the Pakistani government recognizes um, what that extremism can breed. So they have a very different right, relationship right. Mm. with Taliban and your Islamists than the United States ever did. So uh, Osama bin Laden was actually in, um, he was across the border in Pakistan. So uh, it's likely that it was more a situation that like Pakistan was like aware of it or like just intentionally looking the other way because he was pretty oh, close shit. to a Pakistani base even. Huh. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, dude. Holy <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a complex situation in, with Afghanistan. Like, I I enjoy talking about it. Um, but you know, one thing I did want to like point out while I was on show, like, don't expect all veterans to have answers. Don't mm-hmm. don't like like I know a lot of veterans right now. Um, a lot of guys I served with are like getting people inboxing them, asking them questions and stuff. And a bunch of them are like, I don't want to talk about that. You know? Right? Yeah. Uh, they might not know the answers. Like it's a complex question, so you know, just be respectful. You know, mm-hmm. and just like like I'm all for people rapid firing questions at me because I want to <laughs> educate people. Yeah. But like you know, not everybody handles things that way. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. It's understandable. And I mean, it's at, I just realized that it's um, Suicide Awareness Month too. Mm-hmm. I believe, yeah. Because when we were doing it last time, I think it was military suicidal awareness thing. So, Wasn't that like a couple months ago? I didn't know it had its own month. To be honest, yeah, probably I don't think should. they have one just um, for yeah. veterans. Really? I mean, they probably should, but I don't think they do. Uh, I'm almost. I mean, I'm, obviously, I'm not an expert, but I know mm-hmm. that the, I the know. percentage for veteran suicide is pretty high, right? Yeah, I'm at a. Uh, I apologize if I get this count off, but I believe I'm at a four to one of uh, friends that I've, well, people that were in Afghanistan at the same time as me that yeah. have uh, died to uh, suicide versus combat. Jesus. So we, we only, my company only lost uh, one person. 
uh, in combat, and uh, we're at uh, three or four suicides. Uh, Rest since, soul. Actually, yeah. yeah. So that's rough, man. Yeah, there's that's a strange rough. relationship between combat veterans and uh, suicide for sure. Yeah, you know. Now, do you now speaking of that? Um, do you think our would you say our government handles that well? Uh, fuck no. No? <laughs> now, I don't know about swearing on here. No, nah, you're good, that's dude. A, that's the best answer. Adam, you you're good. Adam, if you, if you did listen to our shit before. I drop F-bomb <laughs> like every week, so. If you might hear it today, he going to hear, shut the fuck up, Drew. Now I'm going to say, fuck you, Sean. <laughs> then we're going to be fucking back and forth. Yeah, you, swear, you swear out to mine. Uh, because I, cause the material we put on, we put on, um. But not safe for kids. Yeah, it has an explicit okay. warning on Spotify. Yeah, that's so. probably good. Yeah. yeah, I have heard some wacky things on your podcast for sure, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, so you know, but I've been I've been good for like the last four or five episodes. The one time we were talking about the uh, Golden Gate Bridge, I think we were saying, "Oh, what was the uh, situation about?" Like, I'm not going to say it because <laughs> Drew, that story does not make you sound cool at all in no. any way. No, it makes you sound like you're kind of a piece of shit. So Let's like, see, uh, it's like the suicide capital of the world, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, you were saying that, I think. Yeah, yeah that's, dude. That's why we talked about it on the episode the one time, and then Drew just completely okay. ruined the subject. So dudes really go there just to kill themselves oh, yeah, mostly of the time, dude. Like, it's crazy. Like, and, and it's like over a hundred. It's like over a hundred, two, two hundred and something total. But I think it was two hundred seventeen last time we checked. Yeah, but there's like five or ten people. They say an average of five or ten people jump off that shit or something. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's. But, but when I hear that stuff, dude, like you got to think about all right, two hundred people kill themselves. That's terrible. But like, what is that? Like right. ten, twenty people per person minimum that their right. life is devastated. You know, like the amount of people impacted on that. Especially is in San Diego insane. or San Fran, dude. Yeah, it's fucking beautiful out there, man. People, yep. I, I fucking was just listening to something. This homeless dude. Uh, people really go out to California, those West Coast states, just for the weather, dude, and become and just become homeless. <laughs> yeah. So, um, was this? Uh, it's called Underbelly. I watched them on YouTube, and he interviews all these um homeless Underbelly. people that live on uh, not I think it's Silk Road. It's okay. called Silk Road. Um, it's kind of like the strip in Vegas, but 10 times worse with homeless people. And they've been taking over certain streets and it's just been growing in parts of fucking Cali, dude. Um, in like the rich parts too. Mm -hmm. And people are getting pissed off about it. And that's why everyone's moving to Texas and shit like that. I hear. That's wild, man. Like I would love to just like interview like a bunch of homeless people and like just hear their story. Like. I want to know how people got to that position, right. you know? Like, I just, I, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around, like, the life and choose to processes stay in it. to get it. Like, whether you decide or not, it's right. really hard to comprehend like, right. either either direction you get to a position like that, you know? And, like, yes. I'm fortunate. I got mad friends and family that would take care of me. But, like, yeah. how do you get a point in your life where you nobody, no, nobody, yeah. Not, not a person, yeah. It's kind of crazy. But, um... Yeah, back to the subject here. Uh, so, have you shot off any, like, what are, like, the coolest guns you would say you shot off? Oh, Just, man. I mean, at a firing range or... 
So uh, my baby, like my favorite weapon in the world, I'd carry it everywhere with me if it was legal, is a M249 saw. Holy shit. Uh, it's, uh, like, uh, it's similar to an M4 or an M16, but belt fed. Um, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Champa. <laughs> Uh, I like it so much, actually, that uh, right before I was going to Afghanistan, uh, I got changed from a saw gunner to a uh, team leader, and uh, they they tried to that would have me not have a saw anymore. So, uh, right. Uh, well, long story short, I negotiated to keep my saw uh, while I went overseas. <laughs> so uh, I we had a I was in charge of a four person fire team, which included myself, another saw gunner, and uh, wow. two guys with uh, like ARs or AR platforms, M16s, M4s of that nature. Oh, okay. So if somebody yeah. was running up, they were getting sawed down. <laughs> yeah, Those yeah, are some so, chungus guns, bro. Yeah, I traded it off quite a bit in combat, though, because like it's not always appropriate to have a belt-fed machine gun, right? Especially when you're working a gate, right? <laughs> you know? So, like, what was what was that like being like a leader of like your own little like you know thing? What was that like? It uh, at that point when you get to that point in the infantry, it's it's pretty uh, natural. Like yeah. um, the mm. Marine Corps, what they do better than any other branch or anything I've ever been a part of is they breed leaders. Um, you you learn uh, in the Marines, you never train for the position that you're doing. Uh, so they do dumb shit all the time. Like a, <laughs> if you're going to do like a squad w- rush range, you know, they get mm. you and like they'll give you the whole briefing. Like this is what the range looks like. You got to come up with an assault on it. And mm. then like two hours before, they'll like pull your squad leader away. And then like the next senior person has to step up. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. So it was uh, it was good. Like you're you're in a routine. You check on them and you kind of uh, approach it as like those three people are your weapon more so than what you're carrying, which, you know, is kind of why you wouldn't typically have a bell-fed weapon as a team leader right okay yeah okay yeah wow so so like um would you say you got a lot of respect from people i would say like mainly men over there did the men respect you guys uh yeah for the most part um they did um sometimes we would have some odd situations where they had like shuras which were kind of like town uh, meetings for locals right and uh you know we were in an area that ethnically aligned with the taliban already um mm-hmm. you know if i showed you a picture of these meetings you guys would be like oh those are all taliban um but like even some of those meetings uh, when i was there we knew there were taliban coming there to the meeting um and uh, so you would uh, you would have a couple little weird confrontations with some people too. There's a lot of weird militant types that switch sides um, that you'd have some awkward like standoffs and stuff. But usually we, you would have just a lot of fake niceties from the men. Uh, the women they literally walked around with a sheet over them, so right. they uh, they weren't super existent to us. So how do you think? I've been seeing all this stuff about the women over there and like. Dude, like, I read something on, like, what, 30-something girls. It was a picture of 30 girls walking uh, to school, and they were they were accompanied by, like, two dudes, probably more, and they had, like, guns. They weren't uniformed or nothing, but they were getting, like, escorted to school. Mm-hmm. So was it, was it, like, that bad towards the women over there? <laughs> um, yes and no. Um, I, I can really only speak for what, like, I saw. You saw, right. Um, <clears throat> as a whole, um, from what I understand of, like, the way Taliban actually treat the women, that is pretty accurate. 
Um, what I saw, the wow. women, um, it was not typical for them to go uh, unescorted around. Occasionally, you would see a pack of like two or three. You would never see one woman like by themselves. Uh, the kind of local, you could call it religious ideology, local tradition. It's all kind of blended into one. Mm-hmm. But the practice is to have a, a male that you are related to escort you somewhere. So that wow. was typically the case, even if it was a six-year-old kid, you know, a six-year-old boy would wow. walk his mother or his older sister, you know, that type of stuff. Uh, and typically, if you saw uh, women, like if you were walking by one of their compounds or something, you saw them, they they would hide. Really? Yeah. Uh, it, on some occasions, uh, they would uh, they would come out and not be very like hesitant, especially if they were coming to us for some uh, form of aid. Mm. It wasn't bad. We had a few occasions where we would. Uh, we had a lot of uh, female soldiers on our base or Marines. We had one female Marine with us the whole time, uh, sometimes up to five or six on the base. And that would wow. change the nature of things quite a bit. And, uh, like, it, w- it was really shocking, too. You'd see the, the kids would, like, see a grown woman's face, like, uncovered. And, like, they'd right. be, like, shocked. Like, mm. they'd laugh. They'd think it was, was wow. ridiculous. That's yeah. wild. It's a whole, dude, that's so crazy, bro. And, like... And you said it earlier, like, you think, like, the Taliban, like, concerning them with, like, attacking us. I I more so feel like we have to worry about, like, China and shit like that. More of, like, a cyber attack from site. And I feel like Russia, too, in a way. Yeah, I, I think we have a lot bigger threats to worry about uh, internally than, like, the Taliban or Al-Qaeda right now at this mm-hmm. time. Um, especially if we were to utilize all of our combat experience troops to protect our country now, that might work out well. Yeah. Um, but I, I would even argue that cartel is a far, far bigger threat to our country than really? anything, you know. Um, Systemat- like, systematically. Yes, absolutely. You know, China, and on a global scale, China, absolutely bigger concerns. I think right now with Afghanistan, immediate concern needs to be, like, what do you do with everyone that just left there? Um, right. And a lot of them are kids. They're kids. Now, like, is it, realize it. now, question, is that our concern? I know that's kind of a, you know, yeah, a dicey, broad a broad dicey. question. Yeah. yeah, it's a broad one that I can't answer as, uh, like, deliberately as I'd like to. Right. Because I don't know the processes they were going through to get people out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm familiar with what was going on back, like, circa 2011, 2012. I, I did try to help uh, a young man get a special visa, but uh, didn't do it in time. Okay. And uh, at that time, the process was very, very rigorous. Um, it's probably even more now. Um, I don't know, actually, because I was reading a lot of accounts where, like, they were letting people onto planes even if they had the documents to apply for the special visa. Wow. Based on what I'm seeing right now is, like, the uh, if people had some sort of someone to vouch for them or some sort of document to, to, documentation to show that they uh, helped the Americans or an allied force, mm-hmm. they were taken from Afghanistan to another country for, like, holding and then processed there and wow. presumably screened at that point. Uh-huh. Um, people that helped us, we a, a thousand percent uh, need to help. Um, oh, yeah. There, while I was there in 2010 and 2011, I, I would have, while talking to Afghans, uh, they would express concerns, you know, Afghan army and Afghan police express concerns of what happens when we leave. You know, uh, they're not right. dumb. They knew we weren't going to be there forever. Right. And um, so, you know, long story short, 
Uh, I walked in combat with uh, Afghans every single day, uh, whether they were interpreters with me. Um, they were Afghan army, Afghan police. Some of the Afghan army were terrible. Some of the Afghan police were absolutely amazing. You know, yeah. so there isn't a clear-cut answer. Right. Um, but there are definitely uh, tens of thousands of people that deserve to have the United States help them out, and, and in my 100%. opinion, deserve to be an American citizens for what they've done to help our country. One hundred percent. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Definitely 100%. So how do you, like, did you see that clip of, like, all those people rushing the big-ass, like, uh, what do they call AC? They're, like, the AC-130 carriers oh, or something? Yeah, what is that? Oh, my uh, airplane friends are going to C- C7 Galaxy, I think. Okay. That? I think that's one of the C7 Galaxy. Dude, that, that is, like, to me, to someone that's worked a gate in a combat zone, like, no, so where's that is probably. terrible, dude. It yeah. looked like a zombie horde coming at you. Right. And the the reason that you're seeing a lot of like veterans be annoying on Facebook right now is like we see we we saw all this happening for days. We saw mm-hmm. videos of the worst gate security ever when I've been trained by our government to do gate security and done wow. it, and nobody raised any red flags. It's a miracle it took that long for a bomb to go off and kill that many people. Yeah. Like, wow, I'm dude. looking at pictures just sweating, and then it still took, like, I think, you know, probably seven, eight days of that until, like, there was a mass casualty event. Like, yeah, that, that wasn't a surprise, dude. And that stuff, literally looking at that will give me anxiety. I'm yeah. like, that's not cool. That's not right. Right. Well, like, uh, kind of speaking off of that, I actually had a question for you. I know it's hard to, like, make decisions in this kind of, like, situation because none of us have the power to do like to make those kind of choices but how do you feel about the way they pulled out like how do you feel about it personally um i think i it was pretty terrible okay but that being said how do you do it properly yeah that's Um, true this was a war that you couldn't win you know you got to keep in mind how long it take the united states to actually be generational have a formed federal government like it was what 70 years till the end of the civil war right so how in 20 years do we think we're going to have create like a national unity and a strong Uh federal government and all of these things so you're you're already set up for failure right um but that being said there was some terrible strategic moves being made um and i think most of them were diplomatic and political rather than uh, military and strategic. Uh, for example, uh, I want to say it was June or July, we had pictures of Taliban looting Bagram Air Base, like mm. the biggest air facility, air asset in a, almost everybody who went to Afghanistan went into Bagram yeah. at one point. Like, mm-hmm. um, and it's huge. It's like the size of North Tonawanda. Like, it's a massive Jeez. base. Jesus. And uh, to see the Taliban go around that and know that, like, we still have troops there, it, it's like I was, I was, when I got out, I was five up from the bottom in the military. Uh. <laughs> and I could recognize that. Huh? So, Jesus. uh,. To have people that had, someone made that decision. Someone made that decision to not defend that base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were clearly extensive backdoor deals with Taliban that were absolutely oh, atrocious. Uh, it could have been done way better, but I don't think there was any really good way to go about doing this, to be honest. It could have been done much more tactically and better. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, dude, because I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at these carrier planes and, like, so from the outside, you've seen all those people rushing. And then, like, I've seen pictures of, like, some of the planes on the inside. Dude, there are people shoulder to shoulder on these planes. How are mm-hmm. they flying those? Yeah. Like, it, it, It's crazy. And um, on top of that, too, the risk that uh, 
those crews were willing to take because we saw those hordes. Mm. We were talking about people being vetted or screened. You don't screen a horde of people like that. Nah, dude. Like, he just, like, people out of the willingness and openness of their heart and compassion just let people on that plane and took a risk. It could have been that bomb that blew up at the gate could have ended up on that plane. Right. You know, it it really was an absolutely incredible thing uh, to to actually witness uh, in our lifetime. Yeah, that was, dude, that was insane. I I seen a dude, um, they were flying the fucking... They were up in the air flying. Yeah, and there was that dude hanging off the side of it or whatever. The dude got caught in the wheel shaft or whatever fucking... Yeah, and, like, people seem to have unrealistic expectations of, like, what Afghanistan should have done against the Taliban, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, they should have stayed and fought for their own country and stuff. Those were people that were probably helped the Americans. So they probably had some sort of skill or ability above the average person that we thought was useful. Right. But they still didn't comprehend what an airplane was and that you can't ride on the side of it. Ah. (laughs) And we're expecting them to have this uh, great nationalistic pride and sense to fight everyone and have these amazing ideologies. Like, think about it, <laughs> you know? It's like, a good way to put it, actually. Like, it's overly simplistic and a little uh, gruesome, but, like, they 100%. were happy. They were, like, hey, they're excited. I made it on the plane because yeah. they, they thought it was, like, a truck you could ride around on. Yeah, Freaking nuts, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you that know? was... Poor train. <laughs> yeah. Yo, like the people? old hobo jumping? You ever see those people in India just, like, 40 of them going, like, 40 of them just riding outside? Like. <laughs> on that train? <laughs> dude, that, that stretches from, like, I think it goes through, like... Three different major cities or something. I think that's in I- India. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. see the video of the dude put like the motorcycle on his head and like yeah, walked it on there. <laughs> like the little skinny dude just like hoist it up. Yes. Puts it on top of the train. I'm Son. like, <laughs> boy's got some strength. <laughs> Man. So would you, as of like right now in, in this time, would you like, if somebody wanted to join, would you like kind of. Be like, yeah, yeah, it's a good idea to join. Um, I wouldn't just blanket say it's a good idea to join. Like, depending on who you are, what you want to do, right? Um, it may or may not be a good idea. It's a good idea for everyone to consider it. I think every single per seventeen to twenty-one year old American mm-hmm. should consider it and um, find uh, a veteran, find two or three veterans, sit down and talk to them, and and talk to them about their experience and get their recommendations and actually listen to them. Right. Uh, you know, like uh, right. actually listen to them. If, uh, if it's anything that you heard from the military about the military, it's, it's probably uh, kind of propaganda and uh, meant to uh, keep you a little disillusioned. Right, yeah, right. Young, young kids actually listen, you know, something a lot of young kids don't do anymore is actually yeah. listen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got a guy, a buddy of mine that I work with. He's like 60-something. He's like my best friend because he's the only dude I work with that's actually a dude. <laughs> but we're super good friends. He was he served for a while. I'm pretty sure he was in one of the big wars, but I don't remember exactly which one. But I mean, mm-hmm. as soon as that dude starts talking to me about anything, boom, phones away. I'm all ears. Yep, because he tells me the most interesting shit that I've ever heard. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, I work with uh, a younger guy that's kind of the same way. Um, he's uh, he's awesome, super smart guy, and like we joke around, we give each other a hard time and stuff. But like he knows that difference. Like when I'm telling him something to listen, he listens, and that yeah. makes me like want to help him more. Makes me want to be a better mentor. Um, and then I try to do the same to people I know, you know, yeah. I'm like, what am I like 35, 36 now, you know? So when I am in the presence of, you know, older men and women, I try to like remind myself to be humble and, and listen. Like it's yeah. important to like 
learn as much as you can from everybody you meet. You know? Yes. I mean, I'm I'm hyped you came on because I'm always interested to hear shit from other people's perspectives. So, I mean, yeah, man, it's sick that Mike was able to get you on here, dude. I'm hyped that you're here. Yeah, man. Like, uh, I'm just, I'm hyped that I met Mike, like, because, uh, like, I saw cars and selling cars is fun. I like it. I get to meet a lot of people, but right. it's, it's the art of small talk pretty much. Yeah. And, and right. Like, that gets old. So, when I meet someone that I can have, like, deeper, more meaningful conversations with, that's, that's what I like, okay. you, you know? Uh, and I heard about it. He told me about the podcast, and I was like, that's amazing, man. You know, yeah. Yeah, I've been listening uh, to all of them. Like, you guys are, it's awesome, dude. I love being here, man. We yeah. appreciate that. We're yeah. trying, you know, we're trying to build something here. It's getting there. Yeah. Slowly but surely. Oh, Sean, I got a question. What's up with the uh, Lunchable? <laughs> Yo. Oh, God. Come on, man. When did you get a second one? Dude, you had, you had two. <laughs> Don't eat that one. Don't eat that one. <laughs> why? What's up? That's why I put it there. Don't eat it, too. That shit's, that shit's, that shit's got to be expired, man. Uh, the ham does not taste right. Yeah, it tastes super rubbery. Tastes super rubbery. Yeah, that's uh, really nasty. That's what she said. Launchables. Remember in high school, you had a launchable. You were like the you fucking know, you were hell in charge yeah, of that table, dude. Hell yeah, yeah, man. Man, if you had a lunch, if you had anything outside from fucking school, you were the person, right? Uh, no, not me, dude. I had freaking, my mom would make like whole wheat bread, like peanut butter oh, and jelly, shit. dude. Yeah, it was rough. Damn. It was rough, you know. My mom was sending me with fucking spaghetti from last night. <laughs> shit, oh, shit, dude. man. Come on. I mean, yeah. We had microwaves in our school. Oh, right, that's so we, yeah. we were, I was good. My mom was sending me with money to buy a lunch, or which that. I usually just wouldn't buy a, a lunch. Bucks. I would just tell them I was too poor to afford a lunch and then give it to me for free. <laughs> And I'd use you didn't for, get like, free lunches? Fuck no, dude. Oh, you're too rich for that, huh? I guess so. Sons of bitches. Have they improved school lunches? Like, has anybody seen what one looks like? I don't like think so. Days? I don't think so. I don't it's think like, they did. I think I was. I'm just, pretty sure they're still trash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, when our I, pocket when, is healthier. When I was yeah. in high school, the only good thing, the only thing that was good at during lunch was like the cold cut subs were pretty bomb. Yeah. That's, that was usually what I always got. Was just cold cut sub. Man, fuck that shit. I had no lunch. I was that poor. <laughs> yeah, fucking right. No, I really didn't. You're gonna sit here and Drew, tell, you're gonna me tell you us were not you're missing eating. lunches. You yeah, were no missing way. lunches. Yeah, making up no way. time now. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying because I was I was not unfortunate that free lunch. I was like because they had like the ranking system. Uh-huh. If you had A, you get free lunch. If you if you had D, you got pay. Yeah, two dollars mm. a day. Fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So like Adam said, you're making up for it. No. Exactly. He said, "Fuck this! I'm here." He said, "They don't let me eat in school. I'm eating everything yeah. now for the rest of my life. Ain't nobody stopped me from eating again." Hell yeah, Drew! Stick it to the man. So it was like, so fitness was obviously a big part of being in the service, right? Yeah, but you like complain about it all the time, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I was, that was actually one of my questions. I was going to ask, like, what do you have to go through, like boot camp and shit? What was that like? Uh. Boot camp when you go through it is just like really depressing and draining of your soul. <laughs> I was gonna say I've heard that um, a lot from a lot of after the too. fact. You're like, oh, it actually wasn't hard. Nah. It's was just miserable. When it's I, just annoying. Yeah. When I was like fresh out of high school, I told my parents that I wanted to join up, and uh, my dad used to joke me all the time. He's like, "Let's be honest, man, you're not gonna make it past boot camp." And I'd be like. <laughs> Yeah, you're probably right. Now, is it really, like, real with the dude fucking in your face fucking sit? Like, fold metal jacket style? Oh, yeah, 100%. And then, like, as you're there longer, they get worse because you end up, um, like, 
so like say you're there and like like you cry because a drill instructor made you sad yeah. or something um so like you complain about it you're gonna go into a holding platoon <laughs> and you're gonna be at boot camp longer fuck that, you gotta wait dude. for the next class to cycle in and while what? you're in that holding platoon you're in like this pseudo almost like piece of shit stage like you're not treated as bad as the people actively training but you're definitely like still not treated like a wow. human being holy shit um so it like people don't really acknowledge that but like if you did like want to like like if you got there and you're like I don't want to do this, it's not per- very easy to get out. Um, no, it's, it's very much uh, you know. And they would tell us this too. Like it's, it's kind of like training on how to behave if you're a prisoner of war. Like, uh, yeah, wow, yeah, it's. Uh, and then like you go to boot camp, you think you're you're like I'm gonna get jacked, you know? Like and no, you lose a lot of weight because you uh, don't really eat a lot of food and you like run a lot. And cut. It's really stressful and you don't really <laughs> sleep. Yeah, that's and then, crazy. Uh, you know, same thing with being in the infantry. You know. Um, it's they go out of their way to make things like painful and annoying you know they're like oh the buses will be here at 10 and then you find out you got to walk 10 miles to the buses or like oh, all your gear you know yeah, yeah. Or, uh, or the wake up at like three o'clock in the morning tell them go to the boats real quick <laughs> uh, yeah in boot camp they do a lot of that um we would call those like fuck fuck games would be the term <laughs> you use um fuck fuck games you don't do the once you're out of like boot camp infantry school. You definitely get some, not as much. But once you're um, with your like assigned unit, you don't get as many of those. Like unless someone's like already doing dumb things, yeah. you know. But like all of uh, a large part of Marine Corps infantry is just like being good at being miserable and uncomfortable. Mm. Like um, it, it's. It's kind of weird, but like an infantry marine, like when you see all the things happening with like the riots over the summer and stuff, it's like, right. tell me when I got to go live in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> like I've li- like I've I've spent and day after day living in a hole, a mud hole in the woods, <laughs> you know, eating freeze dried food. So so would you say it like <clears throat> that process of like getting in it definitely desensitizes you in a way? Yeah, uh, Marine Corps infantry would it probably gives you some form of post traumatic stress for sure, without yeah. a doubt. Um, it, you, it's if it isn't brainwashing, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. Um, I might like mm-hmm. some people might like red flag me for saying brainwashing, but like okay. I challenge you to tell me like what what is more like brainwashing than Marine Corps boot camp if you mm. don't think it's brainwashing. Really? Um yeah, I mean you 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 don't even get to refer to yourself as your your name. You're this recruit. Oh, um wow. yeah, like you, you, they 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 really change your whole like perspective Identity on Identity and yeah. shit. Wow, dude. Yeah, like if you it would be interesting to see an interview of, of like a series of interviews of people like right before and right after boot camp, like the way you whole whole way you carry yourself is entirely different. Like if someone wow. just got out of Marine Corps boot camp and tries to dress as normal as possible, I will pick them out of a crowd and wow, um, wow, yeah, it's really a shift in your perspective on life. And then also being an infantry marine, you have um, a mentality of uh, like you know you you might have to go to combat with everyone around you so you're all much harsher on each other uh, even though you have each other's backs more than mm-hmm. a normal friend would you're right. going to be a dick way more often because uh, you if someone's weak you want to flush them out mm-hmm. uh, and that goes for training that goes for whether you're just hanging out or whatever you hold each other to entirely different uh, standards so it kind of just breeds a very um, aggressive alpha male like mentality that mm. a lot of people just can't handle and honestly, I was kind of 50-50 on that. But the way I put it a lot of times is like I got tired of 
people being a dick to me all the time and me having to be a dick all the time as far as like shooting guns and carrying heavy shit around wasn't a big deal to me. Uh, hmm. So did you um my bad Sean. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um so like <laughs> being stationed and just working around, you know, locals and stuff, did you see a lot of like uh drugs passed along? Not within our so, but within like the locals. Within the locals uh, ha- hashish was really, really common. Mm-hmm. Um, the interpreters would use it, too. Um, you learn to turn a blind eye to it. Uh, I found myself hanging out with the interpreters a little bit more than a lot of other people. Um, mm-hmm. I'd even go hang out with, like, the Afghan army and Afghan police guys and stuff. Oh, and hashish was pretty regularly used, like, amongst uh, all of them. That's like their, from what I've seen, it's like their weed and tobacco mix. Yeah, and then you, there was a lot of weird things. Well, hashish is not weed and tobacco. It's, it's like... No, um, no, it would be... Com- I mean, I'm just comparing Oh, like how they use it. Yeah. Yeah, for it's sure. like a dude. regular fucking thing they use. Over yeah, there. and a lot of them, they'll, like, uh, they'll put it in cigarettes, too, mm. is the way that they'll go about smoking it. Wow. Yeah. One of the interpreters that uh, actually got killed after I left, but uh, he, he he was all excited that one day he's he, trying to convince me to try some hashish because he was like, it's, it's right from Kandahar. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's hard to say no, but I kind of really got to say no, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yo, um, yo, was heroin a big thing over there? Um, so we were trying to eradicate heroin and cannabis growth while growth while we were there. So wow, uh, you didn't see a lot of heroin use, but like a couple of the kids that hung around the base to like run and get stuff from the market and do little chores for us for like a couple bucks, uh, they would tell us how they used to work in like heroin processing uh, wow. little factories and stuff. And then we would, um, they would try to like I didn't again I didn't go into like tons of remote villages and stuff that's mm-hmm. where there was more i was in the heart of a pretty like of an area with a pretty heavy american influence you go mm-hmm. two three miles in any direction it gets sketchy yeah. right. um but in those areas i would see the remnants of poppy growth you know some mm-hmm. old uh dried out flyer head uh flower heads that had already been scored that type of stuff what we did see tons of was marijuana that's everywhere i walked through massive massive fields of marijuana oh it just grows then, in the fucking fields there <laughs> No, they grow it. It's oh, they grow Fields and fields and fields of it, dude. They wow. grow tons of it. And then, actually, one of the really cool things there, um, you know, it, it's easy to just bash the whole <clears throat> Afghan culture and stuff, but they have some neat things. Like, when they, they have their little mud huts, but uh, most of the mud huts would have, like, one little grassy area that presumably mm-hmm. they would go out there for their prayers and stuff. And it was nice grass, you know. They, oh, they obviously took cool. good care of it. Oh. Uh, but a lot of them would have, like, uh, if they had other, like, weed growing they would have like one super dope plant that you were like that's, <laughs> that's, that's yours dude like that's your baby <laughs> you know um, that's funny. yeah and uh, we'd see tons of that but then we started some weird movement like halfway while i was there we started like paying people to come burn their weed or something so like they would just bring cartloads of it and throw it on the burn pit Really? Oh, we got like we got contact high as shit. The one day throwing our trash out, man. Like, we got Holy time this one a little better, you know. Holy shit! Yeah, dude, you're talking like Damn. trailers. Like they would take the flower off it, of course. So like they were uh. like, they're not idiots. Like yeah, we'll take your money for burning these. They, you know, they right. <laughs> take the flower off, burn the plant. America's like, eh, good job, you know. Right. Like, dude, you know, it's uh. not their first rodeo. They've been yeah. doing this for a while. I, right. Adam, but, um, like 
do you explain to your boss like, hey, um, boss, um, half my squad's uh, high right now. Don't get us in trouble. <laughs> Uh, no, no. Nah, hey, nobody but... really, nobody noticed or cared. No one asked. Nah. Like, yeah, they're out there fucking handling shit, Drew. I don't think he's worried about that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking like, because I know Afghanistan is not one of the top. Is part of top ten of the world's weeds you can get. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, uh, yeah, like Kush strains and stuff are, yeah. are really the, good. The Afghanistan Kush. Yeah, I have uh, a lot of the indicas I smoke and stuff. You or, or you trace back right to uh, Afghan Kush and, and things like that. They've been known for a really, really long time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, do you, now speaking of that, now, um, would you say a lot of veterans or veterans uh, turn towards or turning towards uh, marijuana to help with certain things? You know what I mean? Instead of uh medical like pills and things like that do you think that's probably a better alternative for people i mean i i think it is personally i don't pills are horrible yeah it's it's a way way better alternative i have a lot of friends that are veterans that uh, consume cannabis in one form or another Mm -hmm. um and or even cbd yeah cbd is a good one um I think like if if you don't consume cannabis, CBD isn't quite as useful. Uh, the, right. the two have a great relationship together, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but even CBD can help for sure. Um, but for me, uh, cannabis makes me much much more like mellow. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish like as soon as I came home from Afghanistan, I could have used it, but I didn't get. I, I used it before I was in the military, and then after. Um, right. I've been using pretty ever since like 13. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even if I take like a month off or something, I, I shift into a little bit more of a dominant, like assertive human being that I don't necessarily enjoy. And that's oh. why I, I kind of intentionally keep like a, a stream of THC in me in one level or another. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, a, I'm a classic case of like self-medicating, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, okay. you could, there could be self-medication with worse shit. So, I mean, right. at least you picked that. Yeah, for could sure. be worse. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, absolutely. on the topic of that, dude, I'm pretty sure I'm allergic to marijuana. Oh, All right, dude. nah, man, you not. No, I am, dude. Because <laughs> when I used to, when my brother, me and my brother, the first time I ever smoked weed, dude, and like every time after that, I would like get like yeah, <laughs> fucking bad. Yeah. I'd be like tripping, dude. I've like, not, it used to be insane. I've heard of it before, actually, yeah. where it, it's almost like it's, it's more like mushrooms or acid. Yeah, and you just that's what it like felt like, hit. dude. Yeah, yeah I have heard of this. And then I've heard of uh, some people get super nauseous and itchy from oh, it, yeah, too. Yep. Uh, some people it, just, it doesn't work good for. Wow. Um, you know, I find a lot of people where they have issues is tolerance like to mm. me if you don't have a tolerance to cannabis i don't think it's a particularly good drug especially if you start dabbing it getting into like edibles which are, yeah. are kind of my thing um, but if you start diving too deep into that stuff mm. like too soon even just like one little hit can can really rock your world yeah. i think uh cannabis is a better drug when you have a little bit of a tolerance and you're much yeah. more familiar with it i i think you know having situations where you have someone to guide you through learning mm-hmm. how to use it can really be very helpful yeah i uh one of the times i smoked to my brother when i was super young i was probably like early teens maybe but uh the one time we smoked and uh i smoked like i only smoked like a little joint with him 
And then I went and met up with my friends, and I fell asleep under a bridge for like three hours straight. <laughs> and the only time I would wake up is to throw up, and then I'd go oh. right back to sleep. Yep. Yo, Sean. Mm-hmm. Sean it was wild. Sean. It was insane. Sean, how about the first time your brother and you tried to give me high one time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking years ago, dude. We were super young. We were living on like 91st. Oh, my God. And we, uh, me and my brother smoked, and Drew was hanging out, and we got, Drew, we got him high. And it was just... Dude, it was pandemonium. It was the weirdest day I've ever had in my entire life, probably. Because I mean, we were sitting in like our we were sitting in like our spare room, and we were smoking. And I'm like, we had like this this door in front of us that was like it was just like off the hinges, like a door just <laughs> hanging out. And for some reason, my brother got up and just started punching it a bunch of times. Drew fucking puts his arms around, and he's like, "Don't hurt her. She's my baby." <laughs> and then we went downstairs, and like my brother kept smacking him and shit. And yo, he's yo, just like, oh, I can't feel that. Yo, he smacked me hard as fuck three times. Bow, bow, bow. Last one. Oh, I fell down one. Yeah, and then we had to go to his sister's <laughs> birthday party. party. <laughs> the three of us were high as fuck. <laughs> Jeez, yo, yo, I, yo, I got mad at Sean because at some strange reason we had Dr. Seuss balloons. I had one. He had one. His fucking high ass comes over to me, takes my fucking balloon. <laughs> Cause I'm, already, I'm already, like, getting done. I'm already, like, getting sober-ish. Yeah, it's like, dude, I taste the fucking weed. Oh, fuck you, this is my blue. So, no, fuck you, this is my, this was my blue because it was right here. Yeah, it's good times. So. It sounds like an epic day, dude. Like uh, Those are the best days. Time. The stranger oh, yeah. the day, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how many days do you have that you just, like, forget about? Like, the ones that you remember, whether it's better or worse or maybe embarrassing, like, those are the cool ones, man. You uh, know, those yeah, are the ones that yeah, you like. Uh, yeah, I got another story. Um, maybe it was about seven, eight years ago. All came my back of my house. We we did a little smoke session. I like all of a sudden I just disappeared. I went in my room. I went in my room, blaring Gucci man, and his <laughs> his brother's girlfriend looks at me. It's like, "Do you okay?" He's like, I was like, "Yeah, man. I'm just listening to this Gucci right now." Oh my <laughs> just racking out to it. Yeah, I get yeah. it, man. I get it. I like to. Um, I, I love like uh, taking like a pretty decent dose of edibles and like, going on a hike. I'm going camping uh, next weekend, so I'm pretty stoked nice. for that type Where of stuff. Where are you going to? Yeah. Uh, up to Lake Placid. Hey, yeah. Oh, we were God. talking Here about we that go. when you. Uh... Here we go. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, no, when um, when we were, I was getting my car. I forgot. We were meant. We were talking about that. Um, you were telling me what kind of tires and shit you had for mm-hmm. your car. Because I was like, dude, the winters up there must be crazy. Yeah, I go up there in winters uh, just to drive in the snow a lot. Uh, that's my weird hobby is driving fast in the snow. That's crazy, uh, man. Uh, if I had the uh, balls to like uh, risk the legal ramifications, I would uh, do like a YouTube channel and do like fake Uber rides and snowstorms. <laughs> Yes. And just start ripping around. Like crazy. 50, That'd be 60, 70, Adam, you know? Adam, if you do that, you him. You got us three as your passengers. No, 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 no. Oh yeah, I want to take a hard pass on that one. <laughs> me and uh, me and driving don't get along too well. So. No, no, I could be, oh, I could be, I could be your, I could be the guy in the Uber, but different customer. I'm like, yeah, I need to go here. Okay. <laughs> Do a different character each time. Yeah. Every time he gets a quarter. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> Yo, but just imagine editing score. Uh, I started to look like this. 
the, but the turn, but like how crazy the turns would be. I probably turn to six different characters. Shut did we, up. Do we yeah. stop? I put a different costume on. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to go. I was like, what happened to the other person? Oh, he fell out the door. <laughs> oh my god, true. Shut yeah, up. those those mountains are crazy up there, dude. It's dude. probably really beautiful in the way. Oh, I love it. I used to when I, I used to live up in uh, like Potsdam area, dude, and I, uh, mm. I was like having a private racetrack in my backyard. I was Holy into motorcycles fuck. and stuff back then, but now like. Mm-hmm. Around here, you're dodging potholes, soccer moms, that type of stuff. Right. Like, I don't like it as much of riding a motorcycle around here, so I switched over to a fast car from a fast motorcycle. Mm-hmm. What? You need Sean? Damn it. What do you need him for? Oh, give me a bottle of water over here. I'm done. I'm dying, sir. Eh. All right, I'll be back in a second. No, nah, no, nah, here. I got you. I got you. You don't, you don't need to step out. Yo, Mike, it's in the mini fridge is the body armor because you know your boy needs that body armor. Oh man, you ain't you ain't got no body armor. Yeah, I got body armor. You got mad body armor. Hell yeah. They Yo. used to gladiators used to drink a uh it was a, a, a barley soup to put on fat to protect them from sword slashes. Yo, no lie about um Afghanistan. My buddy, he was he was in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. He was in uh, that unit that will, like how you said, because you, cause you did the high, because you did you had to do the high security with the, with a, like high official. Mm-hmm. His crew was the first crew that goes takes out the landmine. He blew he blew his back out because he stepped on the landmine. Really? He sac- he sacrificed his back. Uh to save about ten or twelve people. Wow. Yeah, there's uh, there's so many like untold stories of, about people's individual experiences that I would love to hear. Like, um, unbeknownst to me, I was like two three miles from someone that won the Medal of Honor for jumping on a grenade. Holy! Fuck. I didn't learn that until yeah. probably three four years ago. How close I actually yeah, was um, to him. Holy shit! And he he tells stories about coming back on patrol with no ammo in their gun. Like talk about like. Damn. A pucker your ass moment, you know. Yeah, like, <laughs> and also he was um, letting it loose. Also, when he did that, he also received the he also received the Purple Heart. You know, you know how hard the Purple Heart award is. <clears throat> purple Heart you get for any injury, any combat injury, right. you get a Purple Heart. Yeah, because I think he because he stepped on the IP or or the landmine, the IED, the IED. Yeah. yeah. If if you never if you never fucked his back up, he he'll probably still be there because he he's so passionate about America. Yeah. Jesus, the IEDs are such a, a strange part of that war. Uh, like they started using them a lot in the Soviets, and a lot of people like they try to use it to like badmouth them and be like, "Oh, they're too cowardice to fight us in person." But then like we drop airstrikes on people right. all the time. <laughs> like, like get, don't get me wrong, I was a person walking around there trying not to step on an IED, but at the same right. time, like I wasn't going to hesitate to drop a bomb on someone like if I could, <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's kind of scary right there, too, how we have that kind of technology to not even... We don't even have to be there, dude. We can be hundreds of miles away and fucking remote control a drone and just blow up an entire fucking squad of people. Now, like, if we have that technology, I know damn well somebody else has the same exact technology as we do. So that's kind of creepy, man. Hey, yeah, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one time I offended a Marine one time. It's like, um, are you? Re- it's like, like, are you retired from the Marines? Oh, no, I'm not retired. I'm still at Marine. This dude's like old as shit. Like, all right, note to self: don't say retire. Yeah, you get a weird group with Marines. Like, uh, we take have a strange sense of pride in it. I'm definitely, I'm not like that super gung ho 
type, um, but it's something that a lot of people just latch onto their personality and it becomes mm. like um, a very, I'd say like a very visible part of it. I don't think it's possible to be in the Marine Corps and have it not change your personality, but to like latch onto that in 20, 30 years after the fact, still be wearing the jackets and the hat and stuff. Or right. Wild, you know. Right. Hey, fellas, I got a crazy statistics. Don't, oh, Jesus don't gun hold me because you know this shit is going to be true. The Marine Corps was the bodyguards of the Navy. You know there was only like three branches before the <laughs> Marine Corps separated to their own selves? Really? The Marine Corps was the Navy's bodyguards because when they used to uh, took the ships, mm-hmm. the Navy people didn't want to combine train. That's why they have like a little subdivision of the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps is like, man, fuck you guys. We're going to do our own gangster shit. <laughs> but they, cool. they still fall under the Department of the Navy, actually. Really? They do. Yeah. So, like, in the Marine Corps, our doctors are in the Navy. They're Navy corpsmen, which is another job people don't know about that's super badass in the military, wow, being a Navy corpsman. Yo, you no lie. I was, about to join, yeah. I was about to join the uh, Army. Guess what my score was? <laughs> On the ASVABs? <laughs> oh, God. Just, just take a while, guess. 70? 70? Dude, if I had a 70, I won't be here talking to you guys. I won't be here talking to you guys right now. I'll be over there. No, no. no. Here, here's the funny part about this. You get like two points for your day by the application. I scored at 11. Oh, my God. So you, so you, didn't, you didn't get in? No, my... Your my oh armor crew just dropped me like a week later. She said, oh, I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> she said, I'm not answering you. No, she's not interested in me. Oh, oh she blocked yeah. your number. No, no, it's like, it was funny because like right before I remember that experience, like if you if you guys ever decide to go into the military, yeah, oh yeah, it's all fun. No, when you meet a recruiter, when you meet a recruiter, whatever service you want to go to, Army, because that's the branch I want to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, they will they'll get you all ready for it. Uh, as soon as you get ready, take this test. And after the test, they'll find out the results like the day up before. Yeah. If you fail, one of the recruiters from their office will pick you up. Yeah. Was, no shit, really. Yeah, it was like not embarrassing. It was like I had to stay at a hotel, and we had to do the physical test. Yeah. It was like uh, one recruiter was like, oh, where's where's, uh, where's our sergeant something something. I, I forgot her name. Um, she she was busy doing something today. I had to pick. We had to drive an hour, two hours back home. It was like not much silence. I'm looking at the guys' man and said, "Man, this is a fuckery." I'm taking my hair. <laughs> he's probably like the my guy's word. probably driving you. He's like, "I can't believe I got to drive the guy. I got a fucking 11. Right? What? No, eleven. <laughs> because because the ASVAB test is about knowing your answers. It's also because you know where you get messed up at because they tell you, you got a time limit. Cause you, cause you well, yeah, it stresses you out for it's sure. Like, it's like, all right, it's like yeah. the whole process of joining the military is like the weirdest thing in the world. Like you are like coerced and like manipulated uh-huh. by recruiters. Like it's super, super oh. weird. Like they're always like getting you free subway and shit. And then like <laughs> before you before you go, like before you actually like go to boot camp, like you you gotta like literally a part of like your process is you have to bend over and show your asshole to an old man. Wow. Like I'm not even kidding you. you know, Every person that has first. like yeah. Every person that's been yep. in the military has gone through that. Like, it's the most train. invasive, strange thing in the world, man, joining Yo, how, the military. How about duck? You ever do the duck walk? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But as naked dude. Oh, my duck God. Walk? Yep. Next the time I see my dad. Duck walk. A duck walk. 
uh, I gotta show you the duck walk. I, I don't know if I could do you it. You gotta like squat down and like Put walk with your knees like fully bent, oh, and like your hands yeah. gotta be. Is it above your head or no, something no, weird? I think it's like behind your ankles or something. Yeah, yeah, and you gotta prove you can walk like in this weird position, and for some reason you gotta do it naked. Like it's, dude, I'm telling you, like they call it maps, like military uh, entrance yeah. processing. It's about. one of the strangest things like in the world, dude. Like it's well, not normal. I, next all. time I see my dad, I'm like, hey man, remember that time when you had to spread your butt cheeks for some old guy? But but the whole part of the military is crazy. Like you ask about like boot camp. Like the one yeah. thing I, I forgot about this earlier when we mentioned it. But when you first get there, like you do like through like it's probably somewhere between one and five days. But they intentionally keep you in a room with like no windows or anything or clocks or nothing. And then they like come collect up this horde of wannabe marines and like drag them to medical and they stick you with a million different needles and then like throw like a hundred box lunches back in that room and throw y'all back in there like it's 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 weird man like they just take you and twist your whole brain around man hey that's my job right now i'll be good we don't have any fucking windows no clocks (laughs) no nothing dude that's crazy how the casino works bro i would go crazy in there man i don't get how people aren't like fucking what time it is people that don't have phones they i mean it's 2021 so somebody you have to have some kind of phone or a watch yeah but like it's crazy how they set up those little mind tricks on you it's crazy dude yeah architectural wise i I like those mind tricks like my favorite one in the whole uh, of uh, the whole marine corps my favorite mind trick is like obviously when you're at uh, like boot camp everyone's pretty mean to you right Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you go to the shooting range and then they kind of relax up a little bit you know and uh, when you're you're doing your shooting part like you're you you kind of get left alone for your earplugs in you know you might get yelled at a little bit but nothing crazy right and you shoot you do your qualification and then the other half of the day you go down at the end of the shooting range and you pull the targets for the guys that are shooting right? holy shit when you go down there though there's only one drill instructor in charge of like 50 of you and he's chill as fuck and they just hand out your lunches, and you're you're That's sitting awesome. there hanging out, so and cool. uh, and and you're eating your lunches, and like as long as you don't get real loud, they don't fuck with you, and like grounds are snapping by over your head, and you learn real quick to be like, well, that one was right over top, because you got to grab it and pull it down and mark where it was, and you, you you'll oh, hear around shit. and go, oh no no no, that went over on that target, oh, and you're just chill and you're relaxed <laughs> while bullets are flying over your head, <laughs> and your job is to learn where they go. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> What? And no, like there's people, there's pro- like there's probably people in the Marine Corps that if you explain that concept to them right now, they're like, oh yeah, that was pretty crazy, you know? Like that shit brainwashing, dude. Like yeah. <laughs> it, it's a weird thing, man. But like, because you know, for a normal person, probably somebody would shit their pants or piss them. Yeah, like if I, <laughs> no, like, I would. Uh-huh. Yeah, like and like I, I was never in crazy heavy combat, but I had some rounds go by me and some stuff like that, and it was mm-hmm. never that. Like you know, you see a movie like people hit the deck and shit like that. You know, maybe people in more combat than I experienced did that, but like, right. you know, I could tell. But like, oh no, that's good, and you know, and start looking for the guy. You know, if it's close enough that you hit the deck, you know, <laughs> you know, right. like, you know Get the down. difference because they literally they they okay. train you, they almost condition you on it, man. It's oh, wild. Wow. So so um, was your drill instructor like? You guys are worse than maggots. You're, you're dirt than maggots. You're yeah, he told them. He told he told us earlier that they kind of talked to you. No, like, but he didn't yeah. say maggots. He didn't say you're oh, scum. No, you're more than scum. Details, I can't. I, I don't know. It was a while back, man. That was 2006. I can't remember any like specific one-liners, dude. But there's a there's a lot. All of them you could imagine. Yeah, uh, but yeah. you hear about like like probably like, ten years after that. At, at the at, like 2006, like whoever won 2015, 2000. 
21 right now, they're all, they can't be saying certain words like, oh, you're friending us. Like, well, they dial it back, man. They dial it back all the time. Like, if you read about boot camp from the 1950s, like, you, you would be ashamed, like, that our government did that. And, like, really? Some terrible uh, stuff, like, a lot of racism, like, a lot of really bad things. Yeah, I could like, see that, yeah. Um, that and they used to actually honestly. be able to, like, beat the shit out of you. Like, they actually could hit you at one point in wow. time and in boot camp. And mm-hmm. I think every, it's going to become lesser and less important but i think um if we have whenever wars occur you get a little bit of a reset on that and i think mm-hmm. specifically now we've had the drawdown in afghanistan for so long i think you are gonna see a little bit more of uh pussification oh, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> of the uh, of all yeah. of the bra- uh, uh like branches of the military mm-hmm. uh and it, that's not uncommon historically speaking you know the the length of boot camps have changed uh-huh. tons of times to meet the specific needs for the better hopefully mm-hmm you know, well, you know what? You know what my favorite military movie is? Full Metal Jacket. Oh my god! It's what's a good your movie? Yo, you know, let's go around. It's a good movie. A, I don't have a favorite one. I'd, I'd, I'd probably really have to say like The Hurt that. Locker. I don't watch them all like that. The Hurt so. Locker is probably one of my favorites. See, I would actually argue The Hurt Locker is like the worst, dude. Yeah, ha! Movie wise, <laughs> probably doesn't hit a lot of points, but I never knew what. I never even knew they had certain people like that in the branch that just suited up like Iron Man and that Kevlar fucking shit and walk up and disarm the fucking bombs like by hand. That's dude that blows my fucking mind for something that they didn't build and somebody else built. They have to know how to fucking. Yeah, it's it's mind blowing. It's uh, it's odd, though, because like I never saw like anyone in one of those suits like mm-hmm. um but we did have like explosive ordnance teams and stuff like that. But that's so crazy. So I, I, I don't know. But favorite like military movie. Like I gotta. I, I can't. I, I can't live with myself if I don't say this answer. It's Saving Private Ryan. Oh, oh well, yeah. it's a fucking like, great movie. Like I, I mean, yeah. the there's so many Tom other Hanks. movies I'd love to mention because everybody knows Saving Private Ryan, man. Yes. But like, dude, that that movie that's got to be on epic, the li- That's got to be on the list of one of the best movies ever. Oh, definitely. It's pretty down, good. dude. It's pretty that's good. A top wow. tenner without. If you don't like that movie, you're a piece of shit. I'm just gonna say. Yo, it. yo, no lie, no lie. I gotta stop saying that. You no lie part. But anyway. Uh, Saving Private Ryan is like three and a half hours movie long. I'll watch yeah, it worth over it. and over. I will cry every time, too. Worth like, it, I can bro. see it the 45th time, and I will cry Yo, my eyes. Three-hour movies are the best, dude. Look at the fucking Lord of the Rings movies. They're masterpieces. How about, how about, how about Endgame? Endgame, masterpiece. Yo, almost so do, three hours long. So do you think they, they yeah. kind of did a good job of portraying that movie in that time of history? Saving With what Private we Ryan? Yeah. Yeah, they did pretty darn well. They only got like uh, I'm I'm a super nerd when it comes to military history, but they only got a couple of little like minor things wrong. Like uniform wise, everything else was pretty darn accurate. And it was one of the first movies that gave you that kind of real attempted to give you a realistic combat um, experience. You know, right? Um, and then I don't remember which one came first, but Black Hawk Down also was pretty. That came early after. I don't know if I ever seen was that it one. after yeah, that? That came after. But that was a pretty serious action movie too. Yeah. Like one of the first, I'll, I'll not like, like John Wayne. You know what I mean? Yes. Yo, I like Black Hawk Down. Yeah. Like people getting fucking gunned down, they're fucking screaming for their moms and shit. I, yeah. Uh, that that shit's a, fucking uh, crazy, dude. Yeah, Especially in the beaches too, man. <laughs> it was like the numbers on that. It's something like. Like, I, I forget, I used to know, like, back then, something like 100 to 200 Americans killed, like, 5 to, like, 
8,000 people fuck. that day. <laughs> like, Actually, they were letting it loose. <laughs> dude, it's, like, without air support, too. Like, it's, dude, Jesus. it's nuts, man. Like, if you read the actual story on that, like, it's, it's crazy, man. Like, some of these stories you get from combat, like, uh, legit, like, I, like some of them I read, I take breaks, man. Like, Dakota yeah. Meyer, Medal of Honor winner, dude. Mm-hmm. You listen to that guy's combat story, what he actually went through. Like, I literally, like, I have, like, to when he speaks, hit the... The tells a story in his own words. Like I got to take breaks. Uh, and, like it's so overwhelming. Some of the wow, things these people dude. do. You know, it's wild, man. It's and it, it's humbling. Uh, to, like uh, you know, someone like Dakota Meyer to be like uh, you know. Some people try to put me on a similar level. We're both Marines, but like, dude, like that's just mm-hmm. wild. You know, look the guy I, up. I actually have Dakota Meyer. I have an answer for the question actually, and it kind of reads into another question I wanted to ask. I guess it's technically not a war movie, but it's close enough. Mine's probably fucking Red Dawn. I fucking love that movie. Oh, I watch it like yeah. a thousand Well, the times. first one? Yeah, the, the original one, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah of course. Yeah. With, you said uh, the second, That, that man, remake like was trash. Outside, yeah, Patrick Swayze. It was, yeah, it, it was entertaining. Charlie Sheen. Yeah. All those guys, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah I, dude. I, young Charlie Sheen's. That first one is just so oh, good, dude. man. Hell yeah. yeah. Yo, the first one I ever watched one, it gave me fucking chills, dude. I'm like, yo, this is insane, dude. I mean, I feel like... If they even could make it past our coasts, I feel like we would fuck some shit up here. Yeah. I was actually, that's, wait, hold on, before you guys talk, that was actually my question I was going to ask, is do you think that something like that could actually happen? They wouldn't get past our Navy. Well, uh, invading, like, the United States by ground would be an absolutely ridiculous idea. Um, if you were to invade the United States, um, what you're talking about, a Red Dawn scenario could happen, but it'd be very isolated. You know yeah. what I mean? You would have yeah. to, like, you'd have to pick an area of the United States to take over and yeah, that's what like I meant. base like, you know, and move like, yeah. out. Yeah. Um, it would be a ridiculously ballsy move, and you'd have mm-hmm. to have a severe collapse in the U.S. Right. military for that to happen. Um, but ultimately, dude, like, we are, well... <laughs> Af- Afghanistan is pretty armed, but we are one of the most armed populations in yeah. the world, and we have uh, a very large, particularly right yeah. now, a large population of combat experienced veterans. Um, you know, it's kind of it, it's it speaks to the veteran community really well when you look at what's happened in the last year and year or two in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All the riots, all sorts right. of crazy stuff going on, protests. And even look at, like, the January 6th event. Like, yeah, that was terrible. That was awful. Those guys all need to go to jail. But, like, they weren't there with AR-15s. Right. <laughs> you know, uh. and we know, like, there's at least a million com- people like me, you know, that can that can fight if they want to, you know? Mm-hmm. That was actually uh it's a good thing you mentioned it like that because I actually have a side question now kind of pertaining to that. Do you think something like that could happen but, like, with, like, the people, but like versus our own government, do you think something like that would yeah could that, happen? That would be way, way more more likely like, yeah. to see something along those lines. See some sort of um, internal um, like kind of like uh, what happened on January sixth, but like you know, I mean, like bigger, I, like up to a bigger scale, I guess. Yeah, I think you would be you more say. likely to see something like it in early on in the lockdowns. Like I think it was Michigan; they went to the Capitol building. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they had yeah. guns. Yeah, they had guns that time. Like, mm. I think you're more likely to see that, like, someone take over a, a state government mm-hmm. um, and then had called in a question, you know, what does the, what is the federal government yeah. going to do then, you know? And then you're yep. back you're back to freaking 1861 uh, all over again, you know? You know, 
you know, you hear something funny. not really funny, funny, but you know, back like nine eleven, you know how they took took the, the two towers down. But what if they took out um, the beer company in uh, St. Louis? You, you know what's gonna happen. You're gonna have a thousand rednecks going across that, uh, going across the Atlantic Ocean with their, you know how crazy rednecks are, going over just like, oh, we're gonna take care of this business. Well, you gotta like, if you listen to what, like, I shouldn't say listen. If you observed what the message from like 9/11 was, like, it was a very, very specific target. Yeah. Very. That wasn't a target to be like, yo, we're gonna come and invade America. Like that was mm-hmm. the World Trade Centers, not the American mm-hmm. Trade Centers. And then they also hit the Pentagon. Yep. And you know, who knows what the other planes could have been aimed for? But they weren't going after Capitol buildings. Right. Those types of things. Like it's it's a clear message. Like what they were doing, what yeah. they were after. You know. I actually did a report in high school about 9-11 like oh, nice. super deep in depth report and I learned a lot of crazy shit yeah, yeah same pretty wild yeah if you get into uh, the late 90s and what America was doing in Afghanistan is is kind of ridiculous we we were almost working with the Taliban a little bit to try to get wow. some oil contracts and shit like that and we made a lot of wow. false promises yeah, like well it sounds wild like shit, man. It sounds like our government yeah, See, yeah they wouldn't even shit. they wouldn't even I feel like they wouldn't even uh they wouldn't even. Well, if somebody tried to invade us, they wouldn't even have to worry about like veterans and shit. I feel like they would have to worry about the gangs first. Oh, dude. <laughs> and I think that if someone, if if our country is in a state where we're vulnerable to invasion, we would be worrying about the gangs before our country came here. More than likely, what you right. would see would be instability in our own country. Yep. In China or Soviet Union, would do what we do in other countries and come freaking just drop pallets of guns and, and yep. shit yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Like China would be like, "Oh, here's a thousand AKs for North Tonawanda." You know, and just right. leave them there so that people are armed and to promote the conflict more so than actually coming in. That's a way. Right. That's a way to do a modern inv- invasion in, in reality. Damn. I actually had another question. I can't remember what it was. Oh, I remember what it was now. Uh, this question's a little. You know, it's gonna be a little dicey, a little dicey area, especially mm. because we try to like to try and stay away from politics, really. Mm, but uh, from like your opinion. How do you feel about, like, the kneeling and stuff and, like, spirits, major sports? How do you feel about it? They're like, does it bother you? Do you not really care about it? I, I have almost no concern. Yeah. Um, to me, um, I want people to be as free as possible and have yeah. as many rights as possible. Yes, sir. When I was in the military, that um, I guess if I was fighting for anything, that's what it would be yeah. for people to have the right I mean, that's what it should to be. Yeah. Yeah. do that. Um, yeah. And it goes both ways because, you know, to kneel for uh, the flag, uh, clearly you're you're doing something powerful to make a message. Right. Um, so I think to just attack the act is very, very ignorant. I think that we should um, address the issues for the action yes. and discuss those things uh, so that nobody has a reason to kneel for for the flag. Yes. Um, That's a great way to put it. R- uh, issues like that that actually piss me off more is like after Trump lost and like people are driving around with an American flag upside down on the back of their right, pickup truck. 
Like, you know, like the roots of the American flag being upside down is like, come save us. Like, we are yeah. overrun. That right. was, you know, like old school. Like, imagine a little fort out in the West and you're riding on Calvary and you see a flag yeah, upside was, down. It's like, oh shit. There's a guy in my park. There's a know? guy that lives in my park that did that as soon as Trump lost, turned his flag upside down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll, yeah. you'll get a stern talking to from me if I see you with a flag upside down, like driving. Like, and honestly, if you got an upside down flag in your house, I might knock on the door and be like, yo, everything good in here? Like, <laughs> you all right? Like, everything okay? <laughs> You know, like huh? stuff, stuff like that pisses me off way more than than the kneeling. Yeah. Um, you know, if it was just the kneeling, you'd be like, "Fuck that. you, U.S." Like, it's fine. Yeah. We all know the message you're saying. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about that. Right. Yeah, you know, I know when I was in playing sports in high school, like especially football. Like I played football only like my senior year. We were never out there for national anthem because we were too busy getting ready for the game in hand. Yeah, because we were never out there for national. anthem. I heard that somewhere else before too. That like in, like, in even like uh, national sports, other than hockey, it wasn't common to be out there for the national anthem until recently. Yeah, mm-hmm. because because um, we're too like yeah. I get it, the national anthem is supposed to be supposed to be out there representing our country, but we're too we're, we're too worried about what the opponent on the other other side is going to be thinking about us for wrestling. Like when we did wrestling. Yeah, there was some, but with most of the time we came out there, it was um, the national anthem. Yeah, I don't, I don't like you know how most Americans put their hand over their heart. Mm-hmm. I don't even do that. I just put my hand to the side. Uh, I usually stand at parade rest, or if I have a hat on, I, I actually I usually stand at parade rest. Just it's like that's mm-hmm. if, if you're in, if you're active in the military, you and you're not in uniform, you're supposed to stand at parade rest. So I just kind of default uh, to that. Right. Um, I some. I, I feel like maybe occasionally I put my I put my hat over my heart, um, but I think it's just like whatever little tribute you want to do to it is fine. Like people need to keep in mind that they like they used to do uh, what did they call them like uh, Roman salutes, mm-hmm. uh, almost a hail Hitler to uh, the Pledge of Allegiance in schools. Wow. Okay? I remember that. So 1940s did, the, did that. Yeah. So the significance of what you're doing to make that event special whether it be the flag the national right. anthem the pledge of allegiance that changes with time mm-hmm. um so like to me it's more just like are you being humble are you appreciating the moment right now and if your way to do that is to like protest and demonstrate something fucked like then that's the time to do it oh, right you right you know like it's uh, a great way to put it yeah dude I know this is kind of side off to the side, but you mentioned it earlier <laughs> about the cartel. So why so why do you think they're the biggest threat to our to the U.S. soil? Well, they're a terrorist organization that is on our southern border. Right? Um, are, they, are you talking like El Chapo's boys? Uh, yeah, like I, we're going into a territory I'm not, I'm not as well versed on as I'd like to be. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, cartels. It's not just El Chapo. There's, there's, from my Numerous understanding, ones. at least like a hundred. You know, yeah. um, I got a, I got a boy, a good friend of mine that is a, a PD out, out uh, in a western city that um, does like a lot of uh, shit, like uh, battling the cartels and stories and stuff. Wow. He tells me is like he, pretty much he's like he's like dude like cartels are in every neighborhood in uh, in the U.S. Um, and what? especially like. Especially, and this is going to be ironic, but like especially with the broadening legalization of cannabis, it, it presents a whole new market for a group of people that are like experts at growing and distributing yeah. and smuggling wow. cannabis. Dude, um, they're hiring ex-U.S. military to go work for them, man. Um, like, 
uh, I, I think that that's a that's a, probably the biggest threat to our country right now. And my and honestly, if, you know, if someone was like, "Yo, like we're gonna we're gonna go fight the cartel," you want to join up? That's probably the only thing that would make me consider rejoining the military. Like, wow. Give me well, look song, what Ted Cruz is doing, Chapel. man. He has a, he has that home. He has that base out there in what uh, New Mexico or Arizona. I think it's like New Mexico or Mexico. He has like a like his house is there, dude, with like a community of like four other houses, and they're trying to build a community. Sounds like Jonestown to me. And he has to like <laughs> he's like he has like a fucking security team of old veterans that fight these fucking cartel dudes off from his facilities. Yeah, so crazy, dude. I. Yeah, look that up. I believe it's, it's Ted Cruz is out there in, I think, like south of Albuquerque or like, I don't know, but the southern New Mexico. It's crazy when you're talking about this. Yeah, they, they, there's a few different groups like that. Um, I don't. I, it's been a while since I researched them. Back when I was in college, I actually looked into a group of like uh, veterans that um, acts like special forces guys that would try to go in uh, um in her, I guess, like, uh, save people from human trafficking. Holy um, shit. Hell yeah. And it kind of, it, it was like one of those things where like law enforcement all looks uh, 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 the other way. Uh, uh, and it's kind of hard to get a lot of information on. That's what you uh, Wow, right dude. There. Yeah, I recently, like, I follow a lot of, like, weird Facebook groups just to gauge, like, society um, and, like, what is going on mm-hmm. and what people are thinking and stuff. Right. And uh, I follow a couple groups that are, like, border, southern border groups, like, people that live down there, like, ranchers and stuff, dude. And they're, like, you know, they, they got cartel coming through their properties, like, leaving marks signifying routes to go and stuff like that. And, you know, these are straight, these are people that, like, I ain't fucking with right you know maybe if like four or five of my boys come over right do a little planning i'll go fuck with them you know but like (laughs) now now i feel like the i feel like cartel are doing it they're not really fucking with locals when they do that i don't know it's hard to gauge dude it's hard to gauge we don't see it in the media like we know what's going on down there and we're not Mm. seeing it in the media why don't we because it, it makes us look incapable and makes us look unstable. And there's no good public image on that because, like, even if every, if theoretically, if every kid coming across that border was just used to, like, justify getting a woman across for human trafficking right. or something like that, theoretically, we'll say, right? Um, like, you still, you wouldn't be able to put, like, a good public image on that because you still are going to have pictures and videos of you putting people behind fences and all these types of things. Even if you had the most humanitarian best approach possible to that situation, where's the positive public image going to come? Right. You know, and how far do you go? How far can you push it before you're at all at war with the cartels? And then how far do you push a war with the cartels before you're at war with the Mexican people? And then you got Afghanistan and Mexico. That's why I feel like we have like connections with the cartel in a way, our government. I'd be some more surprised if I'd be more surprised if there wasn't like high end connections with the cartel. I mean, not with our government, but with high end profile people, in a way, or people of like you know a high priority type person. Well, what was the uh, a couple like actors and stuff have met with like El Chapo and things like that? Too, oh yeah. There's a lot of hobnobbing, and how how often do you think people are interacting with the cartel and they don't know? No. Like a, a lobbyist 
for a, a certain business sector could right. be like getting money in his back pocket from cartels. Like obviously we're getting pretty hypothetical, but right, right. Uh, these are things that if you read about these things happening 30, 40, 50 years ago, like, Oh well, yeah, of course you mentioned yeah. it now. So like, yo, conspiracy theorists. And you're like, well, right. like there's some shady shit going on. Like, look at like Afghanistan, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's well, clearly some shady shit going on with the Taliban. When you yeah. have a picture of Marines and Taliban holding security together, yeah, right. and you tell me like, oh, don't be a conspiracy theorist. All right, like, you know. Well, <laughs> the thing with the, the that too much. The thing with the uh, child trafficking, the fucking um, what's her name? From Supernatural, dude, or not Supernatural? Oh, Allison Mack. Yeah, dude, she's part of that cult. Uh, what the fuck was that? Vidian or something like he that? He was, uh... Nivian or something like that. Some of that, and I can't remember. What's, what's the called. show? Uh, Smallville. She Smallville. Was Smallville. Yeah. She was Smallville. a female actress. Uh, yeah, she, she was part of, like, a cult, and they were, like... I got... They were kind of like... I mean, they didn't have a big hand in, like, sex trafficking, but they were... He would have, like, young brides and shit, and she would, like, help out with it and shit. Yeah, and there's a, there's a fine, like, a real fine line there, too, like, because everyone thinks, like, sex trafficking, like a, like a handicap, like, like, like not, like, a handcuffed, I guess what I was going to say, girl, like, mm-hmm. in a cargo container coming across on a yeah, ship. It's... But the human trafficking is, is the, oh, you got an 18-year-old girl yeah. with a son. With, with a son that wants to come to the U.S., you, they might even milk money to get him across the border. But you give us a thousand dollars, we'll get to the U.S. But they get there and, and they're they're used for prostitution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like it, it, there's so many different levels. And actually, I think Hollywood's kind of good oh, at yeah, making 100%. you understand the different ways that that type of stuff can happen. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I feel like also, I mean, obviously, there's not a lot of proof to back it up, and if there is proof, a lot of people don't believe it because of it doesn't come from like you know, what they call reliable sources. But I, I know for a fact that Hollywood also plays a big hand in sex trafficking, 100%. Oh, I like, believe. there's sex trafficking rings all throughout Hollywood, for sure. Yep. They, they even lead back to, like, Epstein and shit. Because if, like, anybody who led the Epstein files, there was a lot of fucking big names dropped in there. Yeah, and, and there's you know. so much, like, I hate to use the term, like, common sense, but I guess, like, deductive reasoning is a better mm-hmm. term like when a lot of people use the term common sense i think what they should be saying is deductive reasoning let's yeah. use some deductive reasoning on the sex trafficking situation so anybody who's like a politician a big businessman like that's like that's a, in the words of joe rogan like the top chimp you know the alpha oh, yeah. chimp yeah you know these like and part of that is to be a very sexual being like mm-hmm. like look like the alpha chimp's pumping the shit out of everybody mm-hmm. You know, so like, (laughs) it's funny, but it's real, you know, like, so to think that like someone could rise to the top of human society and like not be a weird, like alpha person that like wants to be domineering and has all these weird quirks is is, is just foolish. Like, look at history. (laughs) We learn all these weird things like weird old shit about Gandhi coming out now, you know, like that's crazy. Like these aren't normal people. The people you're seeing doing these, these things aren't normal to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you're worth $10 billion. You're like, yeah, give me everything that I wanted. Yeah. Like it's that simple. dude. It's also like, uh, you know, it's also like the Epstein shit also, you know, ties into like Bohemian Grove and that shit, which Mm -hmm. is, I mean, obviously, I can't go into it right now because it's like deep. But there's some. If you like dig deep into Bohemian thing. Grove, there's some fucking wild shit going mm-hmm. on there, dude. Like some wild shit. <laughs> I've consumed and, some Alex Jones content. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 One hundred percent. That's like that's my. Wild. That's like my bread and butter. Right and I, I, you know, he mm, he tries to sensationalize things too much. Like I look at, 
uh, I have a unique approach. Like QAnon, everyone wants to talk about that, yeah, you know. Yeah. But like, what does okay. what does this turn into? It's just like a shithole for conspiracy theories. Like right. every conspiracy theory gets diluted into fucking QAnon. Yeah. And there's some weird government person feeding it, directing it. What does that do? It takes any like real sketchy bullshit that the U.S. is doing, right? And they can whitewash it into yeah. everything with QAnon and make exactly. it disappear. You yeah, know, exactly. So, like, like QAnon is going on, right? But no one was talking about the fact that like. I was searching Taliban in 2010, letting them onto our fucking base. Like, I yeah. have touched Taliban's balls, okay, <laughs> like, in 2010. Yeah. And then, like, and if you tell people that, like, now, they might even be, if you're like, yo, my friend said this, they'll be like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Like, that's the oh, truth. Oh, I hear that shit all the time. This is real shit. Right. Like, we yeah. do sketchy shit, like, yeah. crazy. And a lot that's of it is public knowledge, dude. Like, it, wow. there's a lot of crazy stuff we've oh, yeah. done. And you see things like, uh, was it... Uh, was it Haiti lately? There was Haiti and Venezuela, like two botched like attacks that were like picture perfect CIA, like really? written all over them. Do you remember? Like they yep. killed, yeah, they yeah. killed. Was it the president yeah, of yeah, Haiti? Yeah, I should oh, know yeah. better about this. Yeah, they killed the president of Haiti, and then like his wife was like wounded and whisked away to the U.S. magically, and yeah. there were like two Americans leading a bunch yep. of ex like. Colombian military guys like it's yeah, all CIA this. shit written yeah. all over it dude yep. and it's in the news one day and then fucking disappears yep. man. yeah that's that's why a lot of people don't they just won't even you know what I mean they won't even like a lot of people like a lot of people I try to bring shit up to they're like oh well, you know I didn't see it on the news so it can't be real and I'm like there's a lot of shit they don't show on the news that is happening I'm telling you like I'm not just making shit up just yep. to make it up but like because just, of QAnon, yeah. though, but because of QAnon, now you get lumped in with the fucking flat earthers and yeah, hollow earth right. people and all this dumbass yeah, shit, it's like wild. saying Trump's here to hey, fucking Mike, save us. Like, come uh, on, are you, are you a flat earth uh, person, <laughs> bro? <laughs> come on, man, <laughs> dude. I don't even get how those people wake up every day and are like, "Yep, water's falling off the planet." Bro, how do you not look at the sky and realize that it fucking shaped like a globe? <laughs> where would we? Where would the fuck where would we get water from? Dude, so <laughs> flat Earth is a cool one, dude. Uh, so I, I, I've got a little bit of a strange person. I haven't picked up on it, but I, I've got a couple degree. Like I have a degree in anthropology and a couple other degrees associated with it, Hell like yeah. minors uh -huh. and dumb Good shit. Matters. So like culture and people interest me a lot. It's mm -hmm. um, so, like back. I think it was like 2015, 2016. I like infiltrated like flat earth groups on Facebook and just That's started sick. learning like their language use yeah. and shit like that and like learning what they do and just started imitating them and like I was a part of the group. Wow. Like I just learned I just learned everything that they That's said, badass. you know, and like they like invited me to be an admin and shit and I was like, "All right, I've gone too far." Fuck. I backed out. <laughs> dude, you're like living um, my dream, dude. But like, yeah, dude, it's it's a lot of mental gymnastics for a flat earthers, but it's more just be for that like the sense I got from it back then was like it was more that they want to be a part of a group and feel special and have this oh. little special knowledge you know they don't feel accepted by everyone so want to be yeah. like fuck you you don't know nothing you what is it, globus or some yes. shit they call you globus <laughs> globus yeah yeah yo, yo, i think i'd rather be called globus in a flatus i don't know man there's something about i don't know because me and my boy were talking about this i just don't understand how people can just <laughs> look out in the sky and be like yeah but this shit's flat nah, i just <laughs> Yeah, dude, that's some serious mental gymnastics. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I I could explain to you, like, all the reasoning and justification flat earthers will give, mm -hmm. and it won't make sense to you, bro. 
you know, uh, but if I do it in short little two sentence responses and memes on Facebook, yeah. I could shut you right the fuck down. <laughs> right down. Usually, yep. Usually, you know, if you think about it, the Earth is not really round; it's more of like a. Shut up, Drew. Drew's about to make up a shut fucking up. shape. Right there, there's something like that. All right, shut up. With his fucking claws. Go so, back to your fucking solitary or whatever you're playing over there. Wait, how do you know I'm playing solitary? That's all you ever do. <laughs> this man. Stupid. He's like the young version of Hank Hill, I feel. Pretty much. I cool. think, like, flat earth and everything comes back to, like, a really simple, like, part of human nature. Like, mm-hmm. um, one of the biggest things that really sets us apart from other species is forethought and, like, wonder and everything like that. Yeah. We're always trying to find problems and shit. That's why we're all depressed and anxious all the time. Because yep. we're like, what do we got to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, and all we're doing is chilling, playing COD. <laughs> right. It's not really making good use of our brains. Yeah. Um, but so anyways, like people, people, they don't, they have a fear of the unknown, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why God is so popular. That's why all religions are so popular. It gives you an answer. It gives you an explanation. That sense of direction. Well, yeah. And then what do you see? What's like next level? You got like your a- ancient alien people that believe yeah, in like yeah. Anunnaki and crazy shit like that. That's or another that. conspiracy that I, I'm good at entertaining thoughts without making my own. Like I take right, pride yeah. in that. So like I've learned a lot about that too. Oh, bro. <laughs> and like, so that's like the next level. And what's the next level after that? You got flat earth. You got mm-hmm. hollow earth. Just all these different ways for people to like explain what they don't understand, what they don't comprehend and you see that a little bit in like uh like the people that don't want the vaccine and think that they're gonna like Mm -hmm. fucking track them or some dumb shit like Mm -hmm. that they don't get it i don't get it i don't fucking know like it's weird stuff you know i i kind of get like what you're saying because like that's like one of the reasons why i'm like i'm like super into like discovering like cults and shit because like i just need to know like i need to research it because i need to know like What's your reason behind wanting to fucking join a cult? You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it sucks me in. And I, but, like, for me, though, the problem with me is I get, like, too into it, and then it, like, consumes me because I don't know when oh, to stop. Because, like, for, like, sick, like, to pretty much during the entire pandemic, all I did was research Jonestown. Oh, and, like, to the point where it, like, started giving me nightmares and shit because I learned so much. And I was like, yeah. Shit, That's why I told them, I'm like, yo, if you ever want to do an episode about Jonestown, I can't fucking be here because that shit will trigger me, dude. And I, I, like, I'm not going down that road Adam, again. That shit was too much. We did a, a partial episode on that. Yeah, well, like, I just mentioned, like, like you know, I the, heard you guys talking about, I think it was last week, on, like, Waco and yeah, yep. uh, Ruby Ridge and shit. Yeah, yeah, the yeah Ruby that's Ridge crazy, shit, yeah. dude. I, I know that stuff. I'm a little better versed on that than, like, Jonestown, but I know... Uh, Waco, I actually just Jonestown. started getting into recently. Waco's, like, the next big thing I want to start, like, you know, researching into. It's all fucked up. Like, yeah, all of it. It's fucking wild, yeah. yeah. David Chris I know a little bit about shit. it. It's wild. Yeah. Should have burned his Weirdo. children to the ground. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, what about the family that... Before, like that, all started. Ruby like, Ridge, yeah, dude. Yeah, that was uh, that was more an over intrusive uh, government dude. Like, yeah, they literally came to this dude in the woods, um, right? But what he was, uh, so, I think it was like selling sawed off shotguns to like right wing yeah, groups, was, yeah. um, really. So he was kind of doing a little bit of sketchy shit, but like, bro, like a sawed off shotgun ain't gonna do shit for you. Yeah, like, that was one of the reasons. That that's actually like robbing old ladies, man. Yeah, right? that was like one of the. Wor- that's one of the reasons why he had a warrant against him was because of saw, selling the sawed-off shotgun, which is why they say they went there is because of his warrants. Yeah. But and it went, they took it a little bit too far. Overkill, they, they, yeah, yeah. They, for sure. They, yeah. They, yeah, and they gave people medals and shit. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Fucking, yeah, dude, that's what I said. Nuts, yeah, I talked yeah. about that last week. Ruby yeah. Ridge is is nuts. Waco though is a whole nother one because like. It seems like David Crash was legit, like making full auto M16s and like uh-huh. making a little fucking militia and shit. And uh, 
that's I got mixed feelings about being able to do that, but at the same time, like you kind of understand why it's, he was in the wrong in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and and at that time, like we were just fucking around with the beginnings of the militarization of police. Before that, mm. and there hadn't been tons of these big events of militarization of, of police. Like they were messing around with weapons they didn't even know. You know, like when you yeah. watch those, I'm I'm watching it, being like, "Yo, oh, you're using an MP5 and you're 100 meters from a house right, right now. Like, pull your head out your ass, dude." <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like. And then, like that, but that goes way even further. Like, look at uh, the 1998 uh, the bank robbery in LA. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah. When the dudes were, they were just wearing Kevlar. They weren't even yeah. wearing like ceramic plates, and nobody had a rifle to shoot them with. Nobody had a rifle. Yeah. They always had handguns. They walked around just shooting AKs left and right because all the cops had handguns. Like, yeah. so like, there has been a definite progression of militarization of police, and we were seeing the early days of it. Which, not that it's handled well today which mm-hmm. definitely handled better than friggin when was that 1992 you just yeah. gave the ATF some tanks and go here you go boys yeah that's know? crazy ATF was nuts dude I actually like I know like I know like the basics about Waco but like I'm trying to like get into like more of like the details about it so like I even like I was even looking up the other day like apparently they give like tours of like where the compound used to be and shit like they still give tours of the places and shit i'm fucking down let's right go, that's what dude. i was saying i was like yo i gotta go here i want to see this shit like super up front dude because they still like do tours of the grounds I, and shit dude like, i like that wild. type of stuff man i was in vegas like yeah. uh three years ago and i walked over to like the mandalay bay where the shootings are and stuff and, mm. and uh, my friend was with me she was like she's like this is weird you know but i'm like i want to see it right. like i want to yeah. know like i want to comprehend i want to stand in these yeah places. i want to like be there and just like feel it yeah yeah, yeah, I like that, man. You know, like I'm big yeah. into Civil War. Same thing, like going to the battlefield. So there's a there's yeah, a feel and a sense and an energy badass. to places. Yeah. I feel, that's, you know, that's why I want to go to Germany so bad, dude. Because literally every spot, my you boss is to, from Germany. Like, you fucking straight from Germany. They still got places. There's like hundreds and hundreds of acres, maybe even thousands, thousands. in France you can't go to because of bombs. Yes, yeah. that they unexploded ordinance in the middle of France that we think is like a first Son. world country, dude. Like you, know, you go there and, it's, it, and it looks like a World War One battlefield where grass over it a hundred years later. That's how much they fuck the earth up. Yep. That's wild. <laughs> yep. That's nuts. You know, I know Waco's in Texas. I wanna visit Elmo. I wanna do the same thing as Osborne did. Piss on the Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking God dude. This man. Drew, you're fired. <laughs> no, I'm not fired. You can't fire the CEO owner. I'll go home and wipe your ass with your paper. How about that? <laughs> yeah. How about I'll push you down a flight of stairs okay. and say it was an accident of death? Uh, uh-huh. Whoops, what happened? Got oh. two other witnesses here, so good luck with that. Yeah, I'd love to go to Germany, though, and go to, like, the Dude. concentration camps and, yeah, and stuff be, like that. Oh, my God. Well, like, yeah, when I graduated... Very humbling, uh, you know? when I, Well, when I graduated, I got, like, very, like, intrigued by the that war and, like, our time in history... Um, and then I went and visited the Holocaust Museum in D.C., and then I visited, I believe, one in Boston. They is, have uh, one? And the one in D.C. was fucking crazy, Is dude. the one in D.C., is that one where they like, give you, like, a card or whatever, and at the end you find out if they survived or not? I know there is what? one like that. Um, Somebody said there's a Holocaust Museum where, like, they give you, like, a card or something. Yeah. And then you go through the whole museum, and, and at like, the end you find out if the person survived or not. It's you like even info- someone just punches you in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Nah, it's a, it's like a info, like a bio card. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm talking about, yeah. So, like, I got one, and then I actually bought, like, a... Uh, book it was a journal but on certain pages it was journals from people that 
like wrote in their journals and they just put, put it in the fucking yeah. journal dude yeah. and like i seen like all the shoes like all the fucking dude and these were kid shoes too yeah. like and like just seeing that shit and like being able to like i wasn't supposed to touch it i touched that shit i'm sorry the museum i'm touching I mean, don't that touch shit. it don't touch it no fuck <laughs> i touched that shit i had to um Oh, speaking of that, though, I'm going to get back to that in a second. Um, something in Boston. Um, but, yeah, like, I've seen, like, pieces of hair that they had still cut, dude. They were... That's insane. The crazy... The, one of the big mind trips for me, like, m- maybe it's because I can relate to it a little bit more so, but is... Uh, and I was reminded of this lately by watching The Defeated on Netflix. Still mm. the fuck. But, like, the troops that came into these camps, you know, like, the American and Russian troops. Yes, yeah, Like, initially... Can you imagine, like, you just went through fucking years of war that you thought you saw fucking hell. Like, you thought mm-hmm. you'd been through the worst of the worst. Then... <laughs> Right, and you survive that shit, and then all of a sudden you come across that, like, yeah. dude, like uh, I bet you those. I bet you if you could look back on the statistics of troops that actually were in those camps and shit, probably had crazy high suicide oh, yeah, rates, I'm man. Sure they had. Crazy, Bro, I crazy even high, man. Well, witnessing something. Um, like that. I think no, I forgot no. what general it was, but the one general um, went into town after we just were clearing out. Um, basically all the concentration camps. They were like one of the last few. He went into town and uh, wasn't General Ford, was it? Um, but he went into town and he basically got all the locals and was like, oh, you guys don't know what's going on for the past three years? You guys don't know what you didn't see it? So he brought all the women and all the men to those fucking concentration camps, dude, and made them dig up people and bury them yeah. and was like had these people that yeah. were like rich germans like in nice dresses oh, fucking yeah. jewelry dude that's sh- yeah that should that's a, that's yeah, a tiny smidgen of what they should have gotten you know there's no way right. dude, there's no way you don't know that's happening there's zero percent i feel like i couldn't man. handle witnessing shit like that though i feel like that would be like the thing that would like i, I wouldn't be able to do it i'd be like all right fuck this. just mountains yeah. of people yeah i, I yeah, just thinking about it is like making me uncomfortable. But it's it's crazy that how that how much they, he got away with though. Like, how did he get away with all that shit without other interventions? It's slow and gradual, dude. Like, uh, I I went deep into like the formation of the Nazi Party, like studying it. Um, like when everyone was saying like Trump is like Hitler, you know, uh, uh-huh. I was like, all right, so let's figure out how Hitler came into power, you know. And it, it's very long and slow and gradual and uh, really uh, the. Anti-Semitism was was so widespread already in that area um, that it took root like pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And um, the actual camps were something that were like he, he had ideas for it very early on before they even had parties oh, ha- had had like any sort of power in the country. Um, but it's something that came on like very very gradual. That you know I think increasingly over time anybody in the German population would have had to have known about it. Wow, um, dude. Yeah, I, I I don't know specifically, but essentially the idea was you're clearing out land for the Germans and the master race to go live. Uh, you know, so there had to have been some knowledge of that. You know, in the widespread. Wow, dude. I don't know, man. The freaking Americans like you. Pre- you hear a lot of stories about veterans. 
uh, the movie Fury uh, oh exemplifies God. it well. I where like movie. a lot of it's it, it seems pretty legit that they shot every like SS in the face. And yeah, I'm like a, a big fan, fan of that's that. A fantastic like, movie. If like you put a 90 year old man in front of me and proved to me he was SS, I'll shoot him in the face. I don't yeah, give a right. shit. Like you're super shit. Yeah. Like you can die 100%. a lot. You know. And Glorious Bastards, baby, one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that that movie is Nazis. I'm gonna watch that later. Actually, some yeah. Nazis. But um, we've been we've been uh. We've had a great conversation, dude. And yeah, I've, dude, I'm, I'm hyped you came, dude. This, bro, this episode is a lot better than I thought it was going to be, honestly. Hell yeah. yeah. Hey, we hey, dived into some cool fellas, shit. Fellas, is that time that my favorite segment, we had one hour, 54 minutes, 20, wow, 30 seconds. Oh, damn. I mean, <laughs> it out perfectly. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah if, you, if you notice, if you listen to our shows lately, mm-hmm. I usually do, like, a random sh- time slot. Yeah, because you're watching the car. What, why the fuck is he telling time? It's it's like a segment. Like, I'm surprised Sean had his uh, shut the fuck up, Drew. Segment. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Segment. I was about to shut you the just fuck like, up, Drew. You yes. take everything from the last week that you want to tell him to shut the fuck up about, and you just like <laughs> lift it off. Pretty much, it's like thirty minutes of you just telling him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, no, no lie. But we're, yeah, we're dude. family, so there's a lot of things that you know have built up over the years that I could tell him to yeah, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I was over at his house yesterday. Some reason we eat these chicken wings. If if I'm eating a big meal, he knows it. Mike knows it. I get the meat sweats. <laughs> sweating like he had just <laughs> run a marathon, dude. Yo, Pouring I, sweat. No lie, no lie, dude. Like uh, when I'm like mad hungry, like like you put a few beers in me and put some chicken wings in front of me, uh, I will like start growling while I'm eating <laughs> shit, dude. Like, I get a little animalistic. I'm not gonna lie. Hey like, man, it happens yo, sometimes. Yo, I do, I do that too. Like hey, beca- because I'm a bigger guy. If no, really, no, tell. no, but but if but if you try and touch my plate, without my knowledge, I, get, I usually have my knife like cold out. <laughs> I thought I would stab his grandmother if she touched his plate when he's hungry. We don't care. He'll stab God me. Damn. Yeah, I had two older sisters, man. Like I know my food is not mine, man. You got yeah, older man. sisters. Everything you eat, they got to eat something. Yeah, they, right. Like I don't know what it is about it, man. Like, oh, yeah. oh, 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 this French fry look good, or or you matter of fact, you got like mozzarella sticks or something. And you know you got six because you count it. No one person takes it. It's like, all right, I'm good. Five. Uh-huh. The next person takes another one. Four. <laughs> My knife's already out now. <laughs> yeah, but dude, Guy like, even. like I was saying, man, it was great to have you on, man. I hopefully I can get you. We can get you back in here very soon. Um, I feel like me and you can uh, talk for a while about some crazy shit. Oh like, yeah, like Waco yeah. type of shit. I feel like we. Was, yeah, for sure I we could. Like it's just it's a sticky well kind of we would for sure but like it's a sticky topic like yeah. you got to be you got to be a little careful you know yeah. because some of this shit is ridiculous and oh, some of it's ridiculous to the point where like you could be detracting to like other stuff right. but like uh, i think so many of those things are at least worth like entertaining the ideas of yes. you know what i mean and like getting to know them and understand yeah. them i would love to have more conversations about like those yeah types of dude. things man yeah man Hell everything yeah. but jonestown because i'm never talking about that ever again even though i mention all the time how i'm not gonna talk about i'm never fucking talking about it again dude that shit get, legit uh, gave me nightmares ideal no jonestown you're good hey, yeah, you're legit good. no why have you ever heard nightmares. um have you ever heard of the golden state killer joseph mm, d'angelo no. No, I haven't. Golden State Killer? Yeah, I don't Golden think State so. Killer. Yeah, we're, Joseph we're, D'Angelo. Yeah, we tried to pitch an idea for you about at least San two months Fran. ago. He's no, I know who he is. You Fran, never heard dude. of him? No, I don't think so. Yo, he literally went, he, like, nah, nah, killed. Nah, 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 nah. 
Nah, let him go look it up. Oh, yeah, go look, look it this up. This is, oh, dude. It's a wild story. I'll be up at like 2 a.m. Like, yeah, it's a wild story. Super, sure. super. You will. <laughs> but um, we're going to wrap this one up. Yeah, dude, we can get this one. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. I'm going to get sure. some food and starve. Yeah, Jim, I got to get ready for work. Jim, Jim's we're going to. Luck. You suck, so. So, again, dude, thank you for fucking coming on, bro. Yeah, dude. Sorry for the language. Thank you for being um, here. We appreciate your time, dude, and appreciate your fucking, you know, your knowledge about things i love learning just yeah, like dude. we were saying we love people i love learning new things about people man it's it's been an honor and thank Appreciate you for your service brother yeah, man. For real. thanks uh thanks for opening our eyes a little bit about you know what it's what? actually like yeah. compared to what thanks they for tell giving us me you yeah. adam um do you got a brother named mike no damn you look like a boy i know Mike. Shut up, Drew. <laughs> yes, I was right for that. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Never stop talking. Sean, Sean, you gonna hit that line? What line? You know the line. What? Your, your last ending line? Oh, yeah, my ending line? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Life is short, so always be your weirdest self. Oh, my gosh. All right, losers. guys we've been in this haunted house for like 15 hours and if we want to get home to our favorite food and pornography we're gonna have to come up with a plan hey why don't we try leaving through one of those spooky looking doors wait whoa whoa doors like an exit door yeah maybe we should get on that hold on a second these doors are labeled this one says dracula on it and this one says beware zombies that's probably the exit and the last one just says nekagrima tough call Mm. i got an idea on three, we're going to open them all at once. All right, let's do it. Ready? One, One two, three. <laughs> oh, hello there. Damn, Damn that's, that's scary. scary. Damn, that's scary is our new favorite podcast where we talk about all things horror. Tune in to get the latest horror news, long form movie reviews, and all kinds of other scary shit. Mummies, wolfmen, vampires, chupacabras, lizard people, impolite Canadians, we do it all. So if you like horror podcasts, and we know you do, check out Damn That Scary new episodes every week. And remember, keep it spooky.